Hey everyone, TC here. As I was sitting here editing the episode you're about to hear, the news came in that Carrie Fisher has passed away. Um, uh, in in this episode, we, we look back at the losses of 2016, the people of notoriety. Um, we recorded this yesterday, so we obviously didn't know... Um, that Carrie Fisher had passed. Uh, this is tough. Um, I know I, Ben shares my sentiment that um, Carrie Fisher was was important to us, important to a lot of people, and in the the figure she was in pop culture, whether it was as Princess Leia or as a as the writer, the incredibly funny and gifted writer that she she was. And this is a this is uh, this this one this one sucks. They they all suck in in some degree, but this uh, very incredible woman who had such a rocky and interesting and difficult and humorous and wonderful life um, has been taken too soon, um, and she she will surely be missed. I'm I'm already seeing. Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook blowing up with thoughts uh, and memories of the princess, the the general, <laughs> and um, yeah. So uh, we 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 didn't discuss in the episode because it it hadn't happened yet, and um, just thought I'd add this little thing at the beginning here that we. Now, I, I even thought about cutting the in memoriam section because, you know, how how could we even have it without having uh, Princess Leia in there, without having Carrie in there? So I, I thought it'd be worth adding this to the front here. So, well, lots of fun to be had listening to this episode as we reflect on the year, uh, the catching up on the news that we missed and catching up with each other, movie trailers, news, the election. And then discussing Rogue One. Um, but thoughts and prayers are with the Fisher family, Carrie's surviving family members, and all the fans out there that Princess Leia meant so much to. Um, more than just a, just a, <sighs> that's a tough one. Anyhow, um, sorry for <laughs> starting the episode out on a di- uh, out on a downer, but it was worth mentioning. With that said, take us away.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rewatchman, where we don't review movies. We typically re-review movies where we take an old movie you haven't seen in a long time, and then we go back and reevaluate. But that's not what we're doing today. Today is uh, one of our ever so often, I'd say, the quarter annual uh, news and information catch-up. Good way to put it. There you go. I'm TC DeWitt, and with me is my co-host, Benjamin Two. I'm not Sith. I'm Alt Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Alt Jedi. <laughs> Well, now, I guess you're just jumping right into that kind of conversation. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> well, we have uh, we took the, the holidays off. We did not see each other through Thanksgiving and Christmas just passed. But happy holidays happy, to you, happy good holidays sir. Holidays to, happy holidays to... Like Friendship holidays, fourth, high five. Fourth day of Hanukkah right now. First day of Kwanzaa. First day of Kwanzaa. Yeah, when yeah. does winter solstice start? <laughs> I think the winter solstice passed already. Passed, okay. Yeah. Clearly, I do not know my holidays. <laughs> Get with your pagan holidays. <laughs> uh, some people don't know this, but Die Hard actually started as a pagan movie. No way. So I'm, what was the oh, holiday? Well, well, let's, let's let's play with that for a moment because okay. it just went right over your head. Because <laughs> <laughs> people always are like, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Yeah. It started as a pagan movie. It didn't really. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. It's Christmas. You're being smart. I'm being a smart You're doing one of those smart <laughs> things that I'm not smart enough to know. <laughs> I, I, I had an idea to do something. I might do it to you later. We'll see. <laughs> Another thing that I think is going to go right out into the hallway. Stop doing things to me, TC. <laughs> Well, how was your Christmas, man? It was all right. It was it was pretty low key. When the past, this is the fourth year now that I haven't got to go back to Wisconsin uh. and be with my family for Christmas, so it doesn't really feel like Christmas. So uh, I picked up a Christmas Eve and Christmas Day shifts over the theater for uh. the extra scratch. What it wasn't at night, was it? Um, the Christmas Eve. It was like afternoon for Christmas Eve, okay. and uh, Christmas Day was. All freaking day. Although afterwards, Candace and I went to a game night with some friends. Okay, yeah, uh, up, uh, up a little closer to LA, and that was awesome. Yeah, like we played tabletop games. Not, not like we're not talking categories in Uno here. We're mm. talking them um, like One Night Werewolf. What? And, and <laughs> Secret Hitler. Oh man. Yeah, say the game Secret Hitler. Super depressing now because of, like no matter what joke you make, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the world we live in now. <laughs> <laughs> Not so secret. Either. I got super outed at one point because I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop talking like this. <laughs> I was like, I swear to you, I'm not. I'm not the secret Hitler. <laughs> I was, and uh, and I was caught. Uh, red, ha- orange handed. <laughs> ah. Um, but I know it was fun. It was fun. It's it's. Uh, I feel like if I don't have. A lot of people shower gifts with. <laughs> yeah. And I don't expect to have gifts showered upon me. But as you should, though. As I should. As I, should. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, you should be getting gifts. I should. Oh, well, thank you. Because you're a beautiful man. Oh, well, we're we have. Beautiful we soul. Have, we'll, do, we'll do a gift exchange shortly. <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was good. How about you? What did you. You spent time with the lady? and Yeah, I spent time with uh, Lady J's family, and mm. as well as mine uh, down in San Diego. Split time. It's always awesome to have multiple Christmases. Yeah. Not for the guests, but I just really love the holidays in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, I mean, any, everything post-election has been ruined because it has <laughs> divided people. Because <laughs> we live in it. I actually, I think I've pushed my mother too far. Ah. Uh. <laughs> because she, she, do I see weed in my teeth? Mm, okay. No, you're good. Okay, go. <laughs> I, well, you know, we're on mic. I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> Halfway through the episode, people, I finally noticed that I've, and I've been having it in my mouth the whole time. And, no <laughs> and, I, and I'm such a bad friend, I wouldn't tell you anyway. 
Um, what was I saying? Your um, mother. My, yeah, I think I pushed her too far because she told my sister, who relayed to me, uh, mom, mom thinks you might have been in California too long. That it's affecting you politically. Ah uh, <laughs> man, that's the same exact thing I got too. <laughs> like I'm a, like I'm a, some sort of dirty liberal now. Like I swear. I try to play as moderately as possible. Mm. Like I try to see both sides. I try to be as informed as possible. And and that goes for like filmmaking and television watching and, and pop culture, mm. uh, music. Uh, but politically, I try to get both sides and, and evaluate the information and try to make a rational intelligence decision on how I feel about a certain subject at a time. Yes. And I try not to be wildly on either side. Although mm. if you've listened to the past – the three episodes we did leading up to the election, <laughs> the more aggressive I got about just don't vote for the guy. <laughs> um, but you you had a similar situation of uh, being accused of being too California? Not not particularly this year, but that's kind of like the overarching theme of my – Your life now. <laughs> especially just reflecting on it. It's going to be our 10 years in January. Um, yeah, the August will be mine. Of, August. Of being, you, you moved here before me, right? I, I thought we both came here in January. No, I don't know. I came August... 20, 2007? That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was your 10 years already. Uh, no, it was only my night. Oh, wait. <laughs> Math is bad. <laughs> <laughs> We're writers, man. We're writers. We're writers. We're writers for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's coming up on 10 years since I've been here, which is... Wait. Nutty. So, oh, okay. Oh, that means it's my nine years then. Yeah. Because I came January 2008. Okay. Yeah. Math so, is bad. So I, I came here <laughs> You came in here August, before. And then you were here in January. So okay. we are coming up on 10 years. Woo! Which is, is, is crazy. But yeah, your ninth, ninth year in California is coming up yeah. next week. <laughs> That'd be a great cast. I've... A reflective cast, I suppose, mm. but we can hold off on that. Yeah. Since we, have, we have a whole year. Until we have that. a whole year. <laughs> Someone remind us. <laughs> but yeah, no, Christmas was, was really good. Um, sans those kind of discussions, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was really good. Um, I got a Batman mug. Yeah. That uh, when you pour hot water, the bat signal lights up. It's so cool. <laughs> we we will discuss this further in in catching up with news and whatnot. But did you see the Batman Lego trailer? <laughs> Lego yes. <laughs> but I think the thing that made me cr- like smile for ridiculous purpose like, was the 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 hip hop. It looks so good. It looks so. Are Miller and Lord involved in? I think they're just producing. Just producing, but even that, I they are. At a producer level, like Spielberg is, mm. you can they are they produce things that, for the most part, have their stamp on it. Yeah. Spielberg he produces the Transformer movies, so I don't know exactly <laughs> He's how like, much. Ching. <laughs> uh, so you got a Batman mug? That's cool. Got a Batman mug? Did you get anything sweet? Anything a sweet swag? Um, Candace bought me a bunch of new shirts and a okay. bow tie. You have that cat Punisher shirt? It's well, yeah. I mean, the, uh, some button down. She's she's making me fancy. I'm I'm. One pair of suspenders away from going full hipster. <laughs> <laughs> chai cafe, chai chai latte, chai yeah, I don't see. I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, we're not hipster. Enough. We're not hipster. <laughs> you're you're more hipster than me. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> you were wearing skinny jeans before I was. This is true. This is true. <laughs> They're slim fit. <laughs> uh, so she got me some some colorful new button downs. Yay! And, yep. But DC's uh, going dapper. That's right. Not not a big Christmas for me. I didn't get like a crap ton. Of, actually, we have we have gifts to exchange right now. We could we could do 
Wanna, if you want to. Do it? This, this, is be, a good time? this makes good audio, I guess. Oh, <laughs> Candice walked in at the perfect time. Uh, thank you so much, Candice. Hello, Candy. I'm, we're going to open gifts right now. Do you want to, to observe? Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna open, I'm gonna open mine first. Just okay, gonna, just gonna be right here over Ben's shoulder. Yeah. Hi Ben, gonna All be right. cozy. So uh, <laughs> I want everyone to be immersed in this experience. So it is some Avengers wrapping paper. It's Isn't not that? just Avengers; it's very yeah. Christmassy. It's very Christmassy oh, Avengers. Nice. Isn't that like it's the, the greatest uh, wrapping paper you've ever <laughs> seen? Uh, uh, you will notice I recycled some wrapping paper for years. Don't judge. No, it's very eco-friendly. <laughs> Alright, he's breaking into it. He it looks feels, like he's having some trouble. It feels book-like. You did a good job wrapping this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I am not good at wrapping paper, so it took me There's a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasted a lot of resources. Oh, man! Do you know this? This is great, yes! Oh, I was, he was looking at just that talking about this last night. Yes! This is J.J. Abram and Doug uh, Doris S. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> I overexcited myself. I, I got to clear my throat. <laughs> this is amazing, because this was like, I've wanted this. Uh, it's it's more than just a novel. This comes with like maps and letters, and oh, man, this is great. Interactive media. <laughs> it's an, it, yeah, it's more than just a book. This is amazing. Have you read it at all? Or? I have not. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I, I read the description. I was like, this is teasy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, this is, uh, it's written right up on my, like, I wish I had this list. And uh, interesting enough, there was a second book that I wanted to get as well that uh, a friend last night lent to me. Because I saw it, at, we were at a game night. And he's like, I was like, is this House of Leaves? He's like, you want to borrow it? I got two copies. <laughs> I do. Oh, man, this is great. Thank you so much for this. Friend points. Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, well. Not thank Ben's you, Ben. Turn. All right. Now it's that's your turn, man. Thank you so much. Of course, man. Oh wow. I um, know you're gonna like it. I, I saw yeah. like because I, I remembered that trailer that everyone thought it was the second Cloverfield trailer yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for a book. It was for this. I right? didn't realize it was this. Yeah, this entire time. But oh man, yeah. I, yeah this is this is something you cannot do an audio book of. You can't mm. do a, a ebook of you yeah. have to have the physical book because there's like items in mm. here it's very interactive yeah so is it like a cheese your own adventure type of thing I or I, it's it's a mystery you oh, know how okay. jj likes his mystery boxes he does. But, uh, as i'm to understand it's a it's a, a book that was found by two different people at the same time mm. or at different times and they wrote in the margins to each other and passed the book back and forth and the book that they're reading is an is an unfinished and unreleased book by a writer who they can't find any information about. Ah. So it's this mystery and yeah. Just love the packaging too. Like this little even the little stuff like the sticker makes yeah, it look like Yeah, the old the old Dewey Decimal sticker right here. Yeah. Like <laughs> oh, this is great. Thank you, man. Woo. All right. All right. And now you can Let's see what this is. Mm. It could be a book too. It's, 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 it could be. <laughs> All right. Suspense. Yeah. I'll open this carefully so you can recycle it, too. <laughs> See, what's it? Did you reuse the tape, too? I, no, I, I just... <laughs> uh, as taught to me by Chad Halverson, you only need two pieces of tape when ramping. He is a very smart man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's see what this bad boy is. Oh, what? What is this? It's a book by you. Holy crap. <laughs> did you know you made a book? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
man, this dude. Is... So you took all my journals, yeah. and you published it. I published it for you. So uh, the formatting's wrong on two pages, but that's fine. Oh, <laughs> Ben's crying a little. Uh, the, the tears are working. The waterworks are coming. Oh man, dude. So this is your hashtag band together. No uh, November. My my November essays. Yeah. Yeah. So for for context. Um, in November, they have a NaNoWriMo, the National Writing Challenge Month, where people write a page a day or whatever, and then hopefully turn it into a novel. But I decided to write an essay a day, just a personal reflection a day, just to sharpen up the old skills and stuff. And and uh, now it's a book, <laughs> thanks to T.C. DeWitt! Now, I know it's, it'll forever exist on the internet, but there's something fun about being having it tangible. Yeah, man. I actually always thought that... I should do this, but I didn't know how to go about it. Yeah, I, I thought about Lulu because that's what you did for right. a while. Um, yeah. Man, this is great, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. If, if I, they were so great, like I, I read everyone as you were putting them out, and um, they were timely because you were reacting to things in real time. Yeah. So when there's a point in the book where the election happens, and then that kind of shifted your already kind of deeper thoughts you were having, or personal reflection, and turned it more towards social. Ref- social reflection um and i appreciate that but you know i i, I uh and for those listening if they want to read it they can all go to your go to the the band with no name and uh, check it out there <laughs> oh my gosh man thank you so much this is this is so great and so meaningful yes i dig it friend dig points it. and there's this too i'm gonna keep this yes this will be my forever bookmark Merry Christmas. <laughs> thank you so much man ah <laughs> There you go. Uh, and I know that makes very compelling audio for everyone who's listening. <laughs> I hope that the, the honest joy we had in both of these uh, brought some joy to the listeners. Yeah, these two gentlemen have grown a little closer today. Yay. Yay. It's just because we, we record between a TV tray. Our pelvises are touching. <laughs> just from the side. Let's, not, let's keep it appropriate. Side pelvis. Side pelvis. <laughs> And I'm going to duck out now. <laughs> Bye, Candace. Thank you for the, the Misubi role. Thank you, Candace. Am I saying that right? Misubi? <laughs> oh, were you looking at me? <laughs> I was looking at you. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I think my favorite part is the wrapping paper. The wrapping paper. My wrapping paper that I gave you. <laughs> I'll save this for recycling. You don't have to do that. <laughs> it's just because I, I was like, I can't find any wrapping paper. I'll just use that again. I try to make it look classy. Very classy. Nice and gold. So, uh, well, what's... As as we do our kind of, it's we we're gonna do a top ten next episode. Mm-hmm. We were gonna do it today. I'm glad we didn't. I still haven't seen La La Land. Okay, I, I still would, haven't seen Moonlight, so I need I, to see that. I have been having trouble making a, to, a ten list. I don't know about you, but uh, it's getting easier as the the prestige films are coming. Right, right. Yeah. As we're getting closer, like mm-hmm. as the Oscar, like the Golden Globe stuff. Uh, the nominations for Golden Globes came out. Oh yeah, we can talk about that too. Did you see the list? I did. Uh, the only thing that really jumped out at me is that Finding Dory was not nominated for Best Animated, but mm-hmm. Sing was. Yeah. And I, I, I'm being very, pre- I'm prejudging mm-hmm. Sing because Illumination has, and they're they're not DreamWorks, mm-hmm. even though they're owned by DreamWorks. They are to DreamWorks what Pixar is to Disney. Mm-hmm. They're separate companies, but. I f- it feels so uninspired to me to not just use pop songs, but not even re-record them. Yeah, they are just they are literally taking Frank Sinatra and putting it in a mouse's voice. They yeah. are taking um, uh, pop songs and putting it into the characters' voices mm-hmm. and just playing the tracks. What, yeah, the, what 
It's just American Idol, the animal movie. <laughs> it's very copy and paste. I, and I, th- I think of like Zootopia, mm-hmm. which was anthropomorphic animals and had commentary and whatnot. I look at Moana, which had all original music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I see something like Sing, and it does not – I know it's not for me. I've, I have – I'm at the very end of target demographic. <laughs> And it's, and it's becoming more and more clear to me. Old guy. <laughs> as, as this year has played out, I'm realizing more and more that I'm I am falling out of the target demographic. Yeah. So what did you think of seeing? <laughs> no. I don't plan on seeing it. Um, I actually had one of my filmmaker friends um, mention that there's this very crass anti-Japanese joke that they oh. – it's a running gag too. So I'm like, oh, okay, another reason. I wasn't planning on watching it anyway because just for all the reasons you just named mm-hmm. – it really does look like a lazy copy and paste of all of those sing along movies and whatnot, and um, and trolls were eating while we were recording. <laughs> trolls, Great audio. Trolls was the same way, except that they did re-record all the songs. Yeah, at least they had that. And out of all the years, this year is like a really great year for animation. So it, this just looks like bottom tier material. Fighting Dory, mm-hmm. Moana, mm-hmm. Zootopia, mm-hmm. Kubo, Kubo. Um, it's a there, really good year for anime. A lot of good Japanese stuff, too. Um, Miyazaki's coming back, too. He keeps retiring. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> so the the nominations, nothing like really jumped out at me. Yeah, not, other a lot than of safe stuff. Thing. Do you wonder, this is my conspiracy tinfoil hat on, but Uh-oh. since Illumination's part of Universal and Universal's part of NBC, are the Golden Globes, is the telecast on NBC? Um, n- no, they're ABC this year because Jimmy Kimmel. No, it is on NBC because uh, ah, Fallon's hosting. Yeah, do you? Ooh. I always wonder if stuff Ooh. like I mean, it's like obviously it could be. Coincidence. Why hasn't the Fast franchise been nominated? <laughs> Does Universal have a bigger property? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's their biggest animated film this year, right? Was uh, Sing? Yeah, because I think that. Uh, Minions movie was last year. We could go through the list. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll save that for when we do our top ten. Okay. There's, I think there's more duds to discuss. Mm. Like this is still the year that Batman versus Superman came out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> uh, I, I keep saying it. I'm going to say it again next week when we record. Secret Life of Pets made more than Batman versus Superman. Woo! I did not know that. I did not know that. Secret Life of Pets. Oh, never mind. That's an Illumination movie as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, come on. Yeah. That's how, that's how poor, that's, that's how bad this movie is. (laughs) Granted, it almost made a billion dollars, which is a lot of money, but it should have made more of the monies. Mm -hmm. More of the monies, and so much of it was front-loaded within, like, the first week or so, (laughs) and then it took, like, a 70% nosedive. Well, anyhow, what else? What else? Did you see Moana? I did. Okay. I what'd, did. You, what'd you think? I really like it. I really like it. I'm not sure where to place it on my list. Mm-hmm. It will definitely be on there. Um, there's elements of it in terms of characterization where it feels fresh. I really enjoy But in terms of story, it feels very – I don't know if this is a bad thing or a good thing, but it does feel very classic Disney. It doesn't really break new ground mm-hmm. in terms of story. I- Perfectly put. Yeah. It was a beautiful movie. Oh, yeah. The, oh. The, the look of the movie is gorgeous. Yeah. The, and I really enjoyed the the, the music mm-hmm. and the, uh, the the culturally appropriate music mm-hmm. and um, some great voice acting. But there was something missing in it. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. That I, I, I did have a great time watching it, but we'll see where it ends up on my list because because it, it likely, very likely, will end up on there. Okay. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Doctor Strange. Did we do- talk about Doctor Strange? No, not yet. But I haven't seen it. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Oh wait, you're not going to see it. That's right. I'm not bootleg it. <laughs> hey, well, the 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 comments of Bento do not. Sh- Reflect those of anyone else on the podcast. <laughs> I, I forgot you're not you're not down for that. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, Fantastic Beasts. Yes, I did see it. Okay. Um, so just to preface, I am not a Harry Potter fan. Not hating on or anything. I just never got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did enjoy Fantastic Beasts. I just was since I don't really know the mythology. I kind of didn't know what was going on most of the time. <laughs> but I was along for the ride for the visual splendor. However. What I thought kind of derailed the entire movie was... Can, are we talking spoilers at all? Or? Um, yes. Okay. If you have not seen Fantastic Beasts and Mortified Them, jump ahead five minutes. Okay. <laughs> so this is a spoiler warning, but what really derailed the entire movie for me was at the very end when Johnny Depp shows up <laughs> in the most Johnny Deppiest of all outfits and makeup. He looked like Judge. He looked like the Judge from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll agree that I thought that was out of it felt out of place. Yeah. Although the producers made a good argument that a character of Grindelwald's gravitas mm. needs to be played by someone who has instant gravitas mm. and instant like presence on yeah. screen. So it that cameo was better than uh, you probably didn't see Passengers. Uh, no, I haven't. But that's the Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Pretty movie. people in space. Yeah. Uh, Andy Garcia's in that movie. What? He doesn't have any lines. <laughs> He's on the screen for all of five seconds. Yeah. That's it? Maybe he knows the director or something, but <laughs> suddenly he's on he's in there and he's gone. He's like, Was that Andy Garcia? <laughs> he's even credited, like in the cast credit. Wow. He's I, like, hey. <laughs> not a word. They probably they probably paid him a hundred bucks to be there. <laughs> oh man. Easy check. So but Depp's uh, sudden cameo in, in Fantastic Beasts was sudden. I think Colin Farrell was doing an amazing job. Yeah, he was really good. I kind of undercut his performance, too, by mm-hmm. just kind of crowbarring. I mean, not crowbarring. I'm sure they had an idea of what they were going with. But, like, just for me, I, I, I don't like Johnny Depp, especially as the years has gone by. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, But I, I really enjoyed Fantastic Beasts. I, mm. um, I also read Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and Fantastic Beasts was so much better than that Oh, book. okay. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed the supporting players, uh, Fogler, and mm-hmm. I don't know who the uh, the gal was. She's a fine frenzy. The band, yeah. Um, uh, the the telepath, the um, yeah. Gracie, what, what was her name again? Yeah, was it Gracie? Gracie. Cool. <laughs> it's Gracie, right? Let's just say Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, they were both really good. I enjoyed them very much. And, and uh, Ezra Miller's in there as well. He's, yes. Uh, oh yes. I didn't realize that was him. Until, yeah. Until the credits are rolling, I was like, "Oh, that's the new Flash." <laughs> the bullet cut threw you off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like hit or miss with Eddie Redmayne. I feel like he has a tendency to overact a lot of times. <laughs> Everyone goes see Jupiter ascending. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> but uh, yeah, Queenie, Queenie, Queenie. There you go. Close. Gracie, Queenie, whatever. <laughs> All the same. I liked how uh, full the world felt. It felt yes. really lived in and. Um, J.K. wrote a pretty sound script, and, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of the mythology felt like it had always been. Mm-hmm. A lot of it didn't fall into a lot of the trappings of 
other prequel type movies, which I've discussed recently in my one minute rewatch doing Temple of Doom, I think a lot of prequels try way too hard to connect to. We'll discuss prequels again later because we're certainly going to talk about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And the more a movie does that, I think it's, it hurts it. Mm-hmm. The habits. Look to the habits. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I liked how real and full the, the American 70 years before Harry, like, it was really great. Yeah. I, I really appreciated that. So, um, let's see what else. Uh, There's a, just a nice amount of fan service. Yeah. But uh, like I said, Cursed Child did not – I liked it when I finished it, but then the more I like thought about it and talked to other people about it, the less I liked it. Ah. It's very, very clear that J.K. did not write it. Mm. She helped come up with the story. Yeah. But her voice is missing in the text. Um, it was her editor and publisher. I, I, they they wrote it together. Jack, yeah. Jack Thorne, I think his name is. Okay. And it's fine, but it just feels like fan fiction. Mm-hmm. It does not have the oomph. <laughs> it's not as powerful as the Harry Potter, the seven books in the series. Yeah, okay. That just seems like kind of the common problem with all these prequels and all these spinoffs and stuff like that. Yeah. Just too much of a – it's it's all giant fan films now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there could uh, – someone's a friend of mine's writing an article for a, a nerd site about – Fan fiction, mm-hmm. and they, he was asking me because I've I do the Marvel rebooted stuff. I did the Halo fan film. You did Iron Fist, right? Whip. And I said that uh, fan. I think fan films, uh, fan fiction in general, is important to mm-hmm. keeping keeping series alive. Uh, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, all but created fan fiction. Yes, um, maybe not created it, but Star Wars is what it is because the fans built a massive expanded universe over the course of. 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. 50? No, that's not that. <laughs> Sorry, I got ahead of myself there. It just feels like there's that much material. got really material. excited. Um, and, and I can understand why so many fans were disgruntled when they erased all the expanded universe. Mm. But uh, um, the the fan fiction is responsible for so much of pop culture. Yeah. Game of Thrones is, com- is historical fan fiction. It is taking actual Earth his- history... And spinning it about mm. fantasy. Hell, Dungeons and Dragons exists because of Lord of the Rings. Yes. So I, I think fan fiction, there's a place for it. It's necessary. Um, but the fan service, like playing too much fan service, mm. I think can be detrimental sometimes. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, let's we'll, we'll swing back around to that. No let's good. See. Uh, we got a lot of trailers that have come out in the past few months. Uh, you said you had one to mention, but... Mm. Uh, I want to say up front, uh, let's see, let's, well, where to begin? Let's go with, well, Spider-Man. Okay. The yeah, Spider-Man trailer. I saw that. Woo! I'm excited. I'm in. I'm excited. I'm, you know, I don't want to be, but I'm <laughs> so in. Because we've had, what, six Spider-Man movies now? So many Spider-Man movies. <laughs> but that's a, that's a good trailer. It's a good trailer. That's a good trailer. No, like, uh, traces of origin story whatsoever, yep, so. Yep. I, I get the feeling that maybe it'll maybe starts with a civil war from Peter's point of view mm. and then smash cut to him in school. Okay. Like, hey, you just saved the world. And now I'm back in school. <laughs> That's a good opening. <laughs> uh, it, I love the, hey, you guys aren't the real Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, there's some daddy issues. I yes. see some um, mentor, father figure in, in Tony. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering just how much presence 
that uh, Robert Downey Jr. is going to have in the mm-hmm. film. Um, because I think more is good. I would hate to see we've seen all his scenes, right? Yeah. I would rather he have like a full presence in the film. Okay. Like a full-on co-star. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you think. I hope it's not too much to the point where it takes away from Peter's story. Mm-hmm. Because like even though you know we get a lot of origin stuff and this and that, there's so much of high school Peter that we haven't explored yet. Mm-hmm. And, um, and seeing like real, actual... Non like thirty um, year olds, <laughs> non thirty year olds playing teenage angst like this is, it feels like a John Hughes movie. Yes, and yeah. that was the director's inspiration. Yeah, was to figure out how to do a John Hughes Marvel movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and how diverse is that cast? Yes, how diverse is that cast? Yeah, his uh, his best friend is Asian American. Mm. Uh, what what do you think about Zendaya? Who I don't know who she is. Uh, Me neither. She plays like a character named Michelle, but well, I just don't him. even know who Zendaya is. <laughs> like, I, she was not even on my radar mm-hmm. until she was potentially going to be Mary Jane, yeah. and everyone had a cow over it. <laughs> and now she's like, "I'm not Mary Jane. Please stop harassing me," <laughs> which is terrible. Yeah. She would have been a perfectly fine Mary Jane. I wonder though if that's like a curveball they're trying to throw. They're, they're doing the. Uh, the JJ. They're doing the J. They're doing the, the John Harrison. The, the John Harrison. Is. <laughs> uh, because the only requirement of Mary, Mary Jane hmm. is that she's hot. That's it. Yeah, because if you think about, well, what's her character's qualities? Other than like the ultimate stuff, which is kind of a cooler portrayal of right, right. Uh, MJ. Like she's kind of always been this very superficial character. Well, the the her entire origin mm-hmm. from Stanley's creation of her is that. Until she was introduced into the comics, Aunt May and her ugly friend were always trying to hook Peter up yeah. with friend's niece. Mm-hmm. And Peter was always like, no no thanks. Uh, I, I appreciate it, but I don't need you hooking <laughs> me up with whoever you're related to. Yeah. And that was a running joke in Stanley's Spider-Man mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. For years and years, it was, I want you to meet my niece. And finally, Peter decides... Like, after uh, Liz Allen and him break up, he's mm. like, uh, after Gwen and him, that whole trade. Okay, fine, I'll, I'll meet your ugly niece. And then the door opens, and boom, the bombshell's standing there. It says, face it, tiger, you just hit the jackpot. Punchline. Yeah. That was Mary Jane. Yeah. She was a hot punchline to an ugly joke. Yeah. <laughs> so why does she have to be a red-headed white girl? Mm. I hope it isn't. I, I hope that is... Mary Jane. It would be interesting. It would be interesting. The, um, the, the people freaking out can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if MJ is just like an acronym for something else? Because her name is Michelle. What if it's just like Michelle Jane or something like that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. I don't know. Whatever it is, I hope it's based on the ultimatized Mary Jane because that was uh, the most interesting Mary Jane I've ever read. Yeah. Uh, there's so much of the cinematic Marvel Universe that is drawn from the ultimate yeah. run. A lot of the origins are are picked from the original mm-hmm. origins of some of the characters but yeah. the even the look of tony stark and thor is more inspired by the 2000 run of the ultimates mm-hmm. so i don't see why they wouldn't i mean hell he's in high school yeah <laughs> they're always really quick to get peter out of high school i know <laughs> keep like, him there for a while he, he was in high school for the most he's been in high school is amazing spider-man the first one mm. because he's in high school the whole thing yeah but even sam raimi's he's like I'm in high school. I'm Spider-Man now. Graduated New York. <laughs> Peter can be a kid. It's cool. Did yeah. you know Tom Holland actually enrolled into a New York 
high school without telling anyone. Yeah, this was before Civil War. And he went to high school for three days. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. I'm sure he ran it by some people. Yeah, he he was mentioning. I told some people, "Hey, I'm Spider Man. Don't tell anybody." But they're like, Psh, "Yeah, yeah okay, right. kid. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I walk in here. You're 20. <laughs> oh no, I'm not, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm 15 years old. <laughs> Just got to give it up to casting though, because that entire cast looks age appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton as Vulture looks pretty great. Yeah. Yep. I like uh, <laughs> Birdman versus Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Um, John Favreau is in there as Happy, which oh, I think yeah, is great. He, he was, yeah. Nice little smaller part for him there. Uh, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. That's Marvel's got a good year coming up because they got Thor in no Guardians of the Galaxy in March, mm-hmm. uh, Spider Man in July, mm-hmm. uh, Thor in November, October, November. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. And then Black Panther is in 2018. 2018, yeah. 2018, cool. Um, but speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, did you see that trailer? I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> I avoided it for a while, but when I went and saw Rogue One, mm-hmm. it was attached to it, so I got to see it. And they didn't give anything away. No, I love that. They get there's a lot of jokes in there that will surely still be funny in context. Mm. Like she just made you your tell your deepest darkest secret. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Rocket and little baby Groot. Like I am Groot. Mm-hmm. I am Groot. <laughs> no, that'll blow us all up. Yeah. So cute. Their dynamics definitely changed now that he's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something from the comics that I that someone educated me on is that, you know how Rocket says he's broken out of every prison he's ever been into? Mm-hmm. That's because every time he goes into prison, he breaks, he breaks Groot and brings in a stick. Oh. So then Groot can grow and bust <laughs> them out. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So in the comics, Groot gets obliterated and grows all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Thankfully, it doesn't seem like they are aging him quickly. Because it's only three months after the first movie in this one. Okay. Which, hey, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah, it looks so good. I'm excited. This is the first feature film, major feature film, filmed in the 8K cameras. Oh, yes. I read about that, too. uh, As much as I I do love the Marvel movies, they don't have a, a very good look. Mm-hmm. To them, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is the best looking movie. Yes, aside from the first and second Iron Man and Thor, because those three were filmed on film, mm-hmm. and everything else has been on the Alexa or yeah. the the Ari um Ari Alexa, the, yeah, mm-hmm. and and it's so f- just consistent look, which yeah. is great. I think that this that the universe needs a consistent look, but it's not a very dynamic consistent no. look. Yeah. I think a lot of it's just because I saw a video essay on this too. Um, they were talking about the grading of the Marvel uh, Cinematic yeah, Universe. Yeah, yeah. The, the, Did you the see that color palette? Yeah, uh, I think I might have seen it. It was it was a pretty solid essay. Um, but yeah, everything's very muted, saturated gray, like beige tones and stuff mm. like that. It looks uh, as much as I love that airport hangers fight scene in Civil yeah. War. It does. It just looks like so meh. You know, <laughs> is it more or less meh than how DC has made their movies look? The thing about DC is like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thinks it's hilarious. as much as like I really don't like Zack Snyder's color palette whatsoever. There's some scenes that just look like it's straight out of the comic. Yeah, yeah. but to uh, I don't like the DC look. Mm-hmm. I don't like how Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Suicide Squad, or even Wonder Woman looks. Okay, because it's it's too. Hey, this is how Nolan made it look, right? Yeah, <clears throat> it does, it it feels like a uh, a cap trying to copy that gritty look. You gotta make it look gritty, yeah. gritty and real. 
No, come on, colorful. Yeah. Like Superman's costume should be blue and red, mm. not whatever those colors are. <laughs> you know, it's like rust instead of red. <laughs> He's like, been wearing it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, he hasn't. He's been on screen all of two hours. And he's dead, and he's surely coming back. Uh, as, hopefully as Bizarro Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bring the mullet. Um, did you uh, – the Justice League trailer? I don't know if we've we've talked about – I think we did talk when about we, uh, Yeah, I think when we did our Comic-Con episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, hey, I think Spider-Man looks pretty, pretty, pretty good. That might be the one of the best trailers this year. The, the Spider-Man, Spider-Man one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, hopefully it, uh, it has more views than the Fifty Shades Darker trailer. <laughs> Which is currently the most watched movie trailer of it all time. Broke the internet. Uh, why? Why, God? <laughs> uh, no, you said you had a trailer. I right? did. Now I think what I have two, since I thought well, at least one of them um, you might have seen. But there was. Should I, should I name them both first? Or just... I go for one. Go one at a time. One at a time. Okay. Uh, one of them I saw last week Blade Runner 2049. Yes, I yes. did see it as well. Uh, what are your thoughts? Since you're um, a longtime Harrison Ford fan, mm-hmm. big appreciator of Blade Runner, one of our previous rewatches. True. We uh, watched it with Mike and S- – did Steve watch that one? Yeah, Steve yeah. was there. Uh, looks good. Looks good. Mm-hmm. Like that is a good-looking movie. Yeah. I, I'm i glad that Ridley Scott is not directing. Yes. I thought he was. Yes. And seeing that he's just producing on it is great news mm-hmm. because <laughs> what has he directed lately? <laughs> Not Gods good. of Egypt. Uh, oh, wait, that's uh, Exodus. Exodus, yeah. <laughs> um, so it looks good. Mm. Um, I I think there's just enough information for me to dissect the entire movie. Okay. I think I know what the story is. You think uh, Deckard's a replicant? Yes, okay. and that Gasling is hunting him down. Uh. <laughs> Gasling is a Blade Runner looking for a replicant. Mm-hmm. And so that could turn into retreading the original movie yeah. of because Rudger Howe's character is a replicant who just wants to live. Mm. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing anything wrong. Yes. But that it looks beautiful. Um, Gasling looks great. I'm sure he's going to be a kick-ass. I, is Harrison Ford just going to finish off his career by killing off every every <laughs> iconic character he's ever played? <laughs> like, Han, boom. All right, Decker, um, Deckard, boom. All right, give me an Indiana Jones, boom. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so G. <laughs> hey, here's the thing, though. Now, do you, I, I know that they erased all the canon from Star Wars when Disney bought it, mm. and they bought Lucasfilm. Have they erased all the Indiana Jones canon? Ooh. Because young if Indiana Jones and the the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, mm. the first episode starts with a ninety nine year old Indiana Jones. Oh, with okay. an eye patch, yeah, and a and a cane, and he's a very old man talking <laughs> to some kids. So, I know we've gone off topic here, yeah. but I'm wondering if 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 that is to be, be remained as canon. <laughs> Harrison Ford can't die because Disney bought that too. That's right. They yeah. bought Luke. They didn't just buy Star Wars. They bought Lucasfilm, mm. which comes with. Indiana Jones, which yes. comes with uh, Howard the Duck. No. <laughs> Willow. There Willow. you go. Willow. <laughs> oh, yes. Need a reboot of that. Uh, what did you think of uh, 2049, uh, Blade Runner 2049? It was, it, like you said, it's a oh. vi- very visually striking looking um, trailer. Um, I got just enough. I also think I have a lot of trepidation with it, along as, you know, the same reservations that you had. It's just a lot of kind of retread, a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, they didn't give any story beats, but did it felt like not? It felt like Blade Runner, but not in a good way. You know, when oh. you 
what like when you f- want to feel like something, you want like kind of the atmosphere or the visual aesthetics of it all. But this just felt like the same movie, mm-hmm. like you said. And I kind of guessed that maybe Decker was going to be a replicant in this movie anyway. So it doesn't feel fresh. Like I feel like Blade Runner for these times should feel fresh, but doesn't unfortunately. So, but I'm looking forward to it. I think Denny Villanueva is a, a talented filmmaker. I'm impressed you could say his name. <laughs> how, how do you say it again? De- Dan- Denny. 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 Like a, Denny? the the franchise restaurant. <laughs> Denny's. Denny's. This uh, episode brought to you by Denny's. <laughs> well, uh, really, Scott had two trailers drop. Yes, as the other one I was going to mention. Okay, I, okay. So did you, you watch this? I did watch this trailer. Awesome. So this is Alien Covenant. Alien which Covenant. is going to bridge the gap between Prometheus and Alien, uh. which no one is asking for. <laughs> no one at all. Here's my hope. Okay. That Prometheus trailer, remember the Prometheus trailer? How awesome was that trailer? That was a really good trailer. And uh, how problematic was the movie? Not so good. <laughs> well, this trailer for Alien Covenant... <laughs> I, I, you can have your opinion about it. Okay. I was not impressed at all. It was just so like maybe that means the movie's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was getting at. It's ju- the same kind of reservations I had with Blade Runner. This just feels like Alien again. Like they're not really breaking new ground in this universe. It I feels- don't know if there's new ground to break. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's just so many chest burster scenes that you can do, and plus, like it's a back burster this time. It's a oh, oh, it's a back. Bur- <laughs> it was it was crowning and. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> there's v- visually this this would have been an awesome short fan film mm-hmm. like the look was amazing the the tension was there we haven't captured that kind of alien tension since 1979 i, um, I yes yeah I, um, I can agree i agree uh and billy crudup we love us some billy crudup billy crudup and uh, fast as well or Fassbender, however you want to say it. <laughs> it, my guess based on the trailer is that we're going to see the original David, pre, uh, pre-replicant David, okay. pre-Android David. Yeah. So they, is this before or I after? think it's going to be both. I think oh, okay. I think we'll see the original David yeah. and the Android David. Be like an in-between cool, like yeah. Days of Future Past. Like back and forth or something yeah. like that. I don't okay. know. That's just kind of – because it, David in the preview for Alien Covenant felt like two different individuals. Yes. I could be wrong, of course, because it's it's hard to get too much information from a trailer. But it it looked good, it looked fine, yeah. but I just it didn't thrill me. Yeah, and it's and it could be because Prometheus story wise was a little jumbled. Mm. It's still a beautiful movie. I oh, think yeah. Prometheus is a gorgeous film and an incredible soundtrack. Mm. There's some there are some genuinely amazing performances in it, and that we'll call it the abortion scene in that <laughs> movie is. Incredible. Yeah, like, that it was, was so uh, body horror. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. That scene is just amazing. Um, but overall, the movie was. You know, yeah, there is just so. I don't know if unrealistic is the right word because obviously it's a fantasy and everything. Mm-hmm. But there's just so many like nonsensical, not like <laughs> how these, the guys with the map get lost. Yeah, that is just like <laughs> you can't believe these people are scientists because you know don't put your face close next to that death flower. <laughs> and they do it again in the trailer. There's yeah. like that same exact scene. So there's just so much recycling in this universe. That's why I say I don't know what there el- what else there is to do in the alien universe. Yeah. Well, I was really interested in what um 
what's the South African director's name? He did District Nine. Uh, Neil Blomkamp. Neil Blomkamp. He he leaked some uh, pre pre production stills. Yes, or, for uh, an, like an Alien Five. Yeah, not pre production. Sorry, just like um, visual concepts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that looked really fascinating. Um, it was nuts, <laughs> but at least it was different. That, yeah. See, like as time has passed, I think it's I've grown to appreciate. I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna I grew to appreciate Predator two more and more. I know we're kind of like going sidestepping to a different franchise. Still an alien movie. But the what Predator two did was wholly new. Yes. To Predator one, mm-hmm. it still you know maintained a lot of the similar theme thematic ideas. But it explored a new area, explored a new time, and explored mm. new people. Yeah. And it was a different film that worked great as a sequel to, mm-hmm. to The First Predator. And you look at Alien, which is a space horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's a thriller. It's scary. It's it's not action-packed. Yeah. And then you look at Aliens, which is one of the greatest action movies of all time. And they are wholly different mm. in a lot of ways. While still feeling consistent to the universe, yeah. But even Alien to Aliens, doesn't a hundred years pass between those? Does Rip- it? Ripley is in cryostasis between oh, one and two, yeah. And decades pass, mm. and now we're le- and they've tried they've tried going to the past with AVP and Alien Requiem, uh, Alien vs Predator Requiem, um, and Prometheus went back and forth in both directions and. <laughs> I just don't feel like they've they they have found a lot of new interesting stuff to do with yeah. Alien. It's just remember this. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what we were talking about the the fan service and mm-hmm. all of those Easter eggs that makes you want to go like, oh, don't you really want to see this and whatnot? But like like you said, yeah, this there's just not enough ground. To, maybe there is, but. We haven't found it because we're trying to tread on those old, like, mm-hmm. the glory days. And it just feels like that's what Ridley Scott's been trying to do with all his, like, the past films in the last decade. was like, trying to recapture that old Ridley Scott where we're trying to remind us, like, hey, remember when I was a good filmmaker and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and this and that. But I, as much as I enjoyed the trailer, but I have no high hopes for this movie. Like, Prometheus, I was like, yes, let's go do this. This amazing! <laughs> and it was terrible. <laughs> this was that great. <laughs> Still, beautiful film. Beautiful. I, uh, an, an element to explore, and and it's something that I feel some franchises have found a way to succeed at that mm-hmm. others are missing, is, and it, it, it goes to learning the wrong lessons, yes. which I, I often point at, don't make everything rated R just because Deadpool succeeded as a radar movie that wasn't the point Hmm. and it's a lot of the mislearned things from the nolan dark knight trilogy that batman trilogy people took kind of the wrong lessons from and are now applying it to dc as a whole Hmm. they're they're trying i don't want to go on dc bashing session so i won't um (laughs) but what what is what has been taken from what i i feel nolan did and, and we've discussed the trilogy as a whole more than once is Bridging those movies thematically and the emotions that are explored in each of those three Dark Knight movies, that is how you execute a franchise. Mm -hmm. That is how you jump years at a time and explore movies that can stand alone while still encompassing and making a truly great trilogy. And I'm using this to segue away from Alien, which I, I feel like they are taking the wrong things instead of trying to explore new things. Yes. And give... A real big tip of the hat to the preview for War of the Planet of the Apes. 
Oh, I forgot about that trailer. Yes. Yes. Oh, this this Planet of the Apes trilogy mm. is is putting it setting itself up to be one of the best trilogies. Yes. And I certainly of... won't call it the greatest trilogy ever, but yeah. it is from these first two movies and what this third movie is shaping up to be. Mm. I am impressed. Yes. I'm excited. I am fascinated by this. I love this sort of exploration of science fiction, which mm. you've heard me talk about many times before. But that is how you play with a franchise. Yeah. That is how you play with a, a single character. Mm-hmm. Explore the themes. Uh, explore the emotions and 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 the universe through character. Yes. As opposed to just doing callbacks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great because uh, that franchise has done the the least callbacks. I mean, and when they've done it, it, it was extremely cringeworthy. Like the <laughs> Malfoys, get your damn, damn dirty hairs on me. <laughs> but, but, but then at the same time, they do a nice, clever little callback to the television in the back of the background of the first movie has yeah. the space shuttle launching that has Charlton Heston on it. That was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's very clever. Yeah. Um, certainly, I am kind of uh, another dead... Dead Sun situation with um, uh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Which wasn't that Gary Oldman. In the yeah. Last <laughs> I'm just, I have high hopes only because I think his character is more distinct in mm-hmm. terms of all the human characters that we've gotten in the last two films. Yeah. Which Frank, have all been bad. <laughs> Franco. Yeah. yeah. But it's so not about the humans. I know, which is like, I don't, I don't want humans at all. I would love an all apes movie. Wow, but yeah. But they continue to crowbar them, so at least try not to make them Jason Patrick, because <laughs> he was the worst one of them all. It was just like, why, why are you here? Why are you here? And but nevertheless, the the weight is all on Andy Serkis's shoulders. Mm-hmm. He he definitely makes this movie. I'm Man. I'm going in to watch his performance. I am again wholly convinced. Yeah. I am looking at a walking, talking. Ape. Yes. No CG. Mm. Yes, there's CG. How could I not know that's not CG? But man, they, they just get, the first movie, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, right? That was the first one. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because Battle was the second. Rise, there were moments that, like, that orangutan is not real. That's I CG. thought it was real. Right? I thought it was real. Oh <laughs> and, and, and then the second movie just improved, like, um, what's the Ku? Ku? Uh, Ku? Kobo? 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 Kobo. I was going to say Kubo. Koba. <laughs> Koba. There you yeah. go. And he won't be in this next one. He um, was so good. And now this third one. They've, the technology that they've they've utilized to create these. And with man, I'm telling you, they will name a reward an Oscar, an honorary Oscar after Andy Circus. Ah, there's got to be a petition. <laughs> Change.org. Let's do this. <laughs> Change.org has never changed a thing. Except <laughs> your inbox where you constantly get emails. <laughs> No, this trailer looks fantastic, and and I, I am very appreciative of how under the radar this franchise has been. Going. Yeah, it's the most it's criminally underrated and underappreciated. It's, it's it's because it's too damn smart for its own good, <laughs> <laughs> which is great because it and they they probably will stop at three unless this movie goes gangbusters, mm-hmm. um, or they'll they'll take some time away. But I don't know. What do you think? Do you think they'll stop after three or try to find a way to explore it further? I would love, at least for the very least, 
have this be the end of Caesar's arc. Yeah. Because it has to have some finite to it. Mm-hmm. And um, he's aged. You've seen him grow from a baby to he's gray-haired now. Yeah. And, you know, what better way to – or more fitting than to have some sort of Shakespearean tragedy send-off, you know? Yeah. And And just to build that legacy that lasted on all the way to the Charleston Heston, Planet of the Apes, having a nice bridge to that. Mm-hmm. Because you see the statue and everything, and he's like he's like the ape amongst apes, so – Show us why he was that. Show us, yeah. show us the the man behind the ape or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the ape behind the ape. The ape, the ape behind the ape. <laughs> oh, wow, I just who would have thought, right? Yeah. That, this we said it when the first one came out. This is how you reboot a franchise. Yes. This is how you inject it with with new amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those listening, if you haven't seen the Planet of the Apes movies or even the second one, like if you if you or if, watch these movies, they're, yes. they're so good. I don't know if they're streaming anywhere, but. Man, they are worth seeking out. Yeah. Even the old ones, yeah, as goofy as some of them are, they're just like, they ex- explore, they're more sci-fi than these newer ones, mm-hmm. which is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, was Battle last year? Uh, it was, was Dawn, it? and it was, oh, I Dawn, think, sorry, two, yeah. two, three years ago. Okay, because yeah. I know it made it on our list of... Yeah, uh, that was one of my favorite movies that year. <laughs> um, any other trailers? Because I can go to another ape. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me see. Did I see any trailers? I, I think that's it for Kong, me. Skull Island. Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta say, I don't know, man. <laughs> the, the the first images, the cast, and and that teaser trailer. Okay, hmm. I was I was peaked. Uh, I saw the new trailer where John Goodman is gallows humor comic relief man. <laughs> Did you see the trailer for this? I don't know which one I saw, but I think I, I did. You see a lot of jokes being cracked by John Goodman. Maybe I didn't see that trailer. Okay. Then. I saw the teaser. I don't know, man. <laughs> it, it's just one of those like we were talking about Alien. Where's the new ground to be broken here, and what's what can be done? That's because this feels like that scene with Kyle Chandler swinging on the vine <laughs> in the in Peter Jackson's. In Peter <laughs> I would love a Skull Island movie about the natives. Well, I, this movie is exploring the the legend of the island. It's yeah. not just about Kong. Yeah. It's about the creatures on the island that have destroyed this ape race. Mm. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. King Kong is such a weird property because <laughs> King Kong is one of the most iconic cinematic characters of all time. Yeah. King Kong has has existed in cinema since the beginning of cinema. Yes. And we've seen him in varying degrees. Yeah. From the original Claymation to the 70s with Jeff Bridges to Peter Jackson. Um, and now we got this new one. I don't, I don't know. It's 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 looks like a good-looking movie. Yeah. I like a lot of the Apocalypse Now okay, kind of imagery. Yeah. <laughs> that, the helicopters going uh, towards the sunset was really cool. Um, and I love Brie Larson. I think she's one of my favorite up-and-coming actors. Or not even up-and-coming. Up she and won coming. a friggin' Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> she's just one of your favorite actors. Actors in this of this generation. But I think... I think she could do better. I think this is this looks ridiculous. And Sam Jackson just phoned it in. <laughs> another movie for Sam. Well, let's see. Another another uh, old school character trying to be brought back to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Russell Crowe versus Tom Cruise in The Mummy. <laughs> Before we dive into the actual trailer, did you see? The, the news where they um, they dropped the trailer in IMAX theater, but it had no sound. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, it was just all um, sound effects. Okay. So it was like the explosions, the screaming, but yeah. there's no music, there's no mixing or anything like that. Huh. So 
<laughs> the the scene where like they're tumbling through the air and the spit the, it was just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it was I was like I would want the whole movie to be like that. Why did they do that? <laughs> it was completely on accident. It was one of the greatest mishaps of this year. <laughs> Does this look like Mission Impossible with magic? It does. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Like, I like... I don't know if I like Tom Cruise. I do like the Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. Do I want to see another Mummy movie? This this looks kind of dumb. Because <laughs> I, I love the Brendan Fraser Mummy movies. I think we both have, like... The, I like two of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was a third one. <laughs> yeah, was yeah. he in that? Brendan Fraser? Yeah, yeah. Fraser was... Rachel okay. Weiss was not. Maria Bello replaced her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But we'll forget that. <laughs> I like the Rachel Weiss mummy movies. Yes, yes, those are great. They are those. Those are the are, are great. Those are great, fun serialized movies. That, Swashbucklers. They're, yeah, they, they're sands and swords kind of films. Yeah. Really like that. Um, uh, oh shoot, what was I going to say on Tom Cruise? Oh, oh a, a question about Tom Cruise. May, correct me if you're if I'm wrong, but did, can you think of the last time that Tom Cruise actually hooked up with someone in a film? Was it Mission Impossible 3 where he got married? Because I feel like people liked Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. but I don't think people want to see Tom Cruise hooking up. <laughs> because he hasn't in his last few films, it, which is great. I mm-hmm. like that the Mission Impossible, the last two, there's no female love interest. Mm-hmm. And that's great because removing that element from an action movie really helped change the dynamic of an action movie. It would yeah. have been easy for him to be James Bond and hook up with Paula Patton. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants that. You're totally right. That's kind of like the one thing where it's so detrimental to an action movie. It doesn't. It slows the pace down com- completely. But Edge of Tomorrow, there mm-hmm. was no romance there. Oh, okay, Oblivion. Oblivion had some uh, romantic elements. I didn't get to, to see that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There, there was, uh, and he was with a woman that then he doesn't trust her. Like, so there is that there. Okay, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they, I say Tom Cruise is gay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I maybe no. I don't. <laughs> Please don't come after me, Mr. Cruz. I love your movies. Seriously, I made Mission Possible 5. He's going to send my... his Scientology robots towards you. <laughs> get him, get him. <laughs> oh, I didn't get to ask. What, what do you think about the trailer? Of uh, the, the mummy? mummy? Yeah. It's Mission Impossible with magic. <laughs> that should be the tagline. Yeah. That should just be do you the like tagline. Mission Impossible? It should just be Mission Impossible, Egypt. <laughs> do you like magic? I've, I'm interested. Does he have mummy powers? Does he get killed and come back with mummy powers? I wonder. And that yeah. plane crash. Yeah. But, man, that would be so stupid. <laughs> that would be so stupid. I I do. I stand by what I said with Jack Reacher, that Tom Cruise is one of the last true you-can-sell-a-movie-on-this-guy's-name mm-hmm. that people will come see it knowing what they're getting into, too, because Tom Cruise makes action movies, and you can trust in that. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I do think this movie will probably do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Russell Crowe is going to sell this film because I don't know the last good thing Russell Crowe did. Did you see the nice guys? Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. He did. He did do that. Did that come out this year? That that came out this year. Okay. That's going on my time. <laughs> <laughs> did you see it? Yeah, I did. Okay, okay. I loved it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I know universal wants to freaking have their sandbox to play in because uh. everyone wants to do the Marvel method and I'll say it again. No one will <laughs> ever again. They've done it. Yeah. Sorry, everyone else. Stop trying. Especially with, 
not so interesting characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I know just like King Kong, these the werewolf, the Dracula, and Frankenstein—they're very iconic characters mm-hmm. per se. But to dress up during like a holiday or whatever, or at a theme park, mm-hmm. we don't want to see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Those original movies explored were psychological yeah. horror movies. They weren't action movies, and they weren't. Uh, they weren't horror necessarily, but there was there was a deeper study of humanity in yeah. each of these of what these characters are. The it's about outsiders, you're right? And unfortunately, they, the Universal movie monsters came out during the Red Scare, during a, an era of paranoia. Yeah. Well, we have entered an era of a new type of paranoia mm-hmm. that there could potentially be a way to explore those characters and those themes. Yeah. Um, but instead, everyone wants to just you know blow out a blockbuster. Yeah. Oh man, you make actually a really great point. I, I see that. That's why I think something like the Mummy kind of missed the mark in trying to tell something fresh. Mm-hmm. Like we, you joke about it being Mission Impossible with uh, magic powers <laughs> or whatever. It looks exactly like that. <laughs> would it would have been so great if we were to explore like you know a uh, Middle Eastern character or an Egyptian character with mm-hmm. with these magical powers and he's trying to find his way and navigate his way in a very anti Middle Eastern times like because like like you mentioned it's very paranoia right now about yeah. those those folks so I thought that would have been a nice way to talk to I tackle just, that. there's just no market for it there, yeah. there is no market to explore those kind of deeper thoughts yeah. not, in, not in a mass market those aren't blockbusters yeah uh, Which is so sad. It is sad, but yeah. I, it also it also is a sign of our growing maturity that we are mm. less interested in seeing a, a kick-ass mummy, movie, <laughs> more interested in exploring some sort of deeper meanings. That being said, yeah. I do love Tom Cruise's action movies mm. of the past like five six years, um, maybe even longer than that. So I'm I'm on board to watch this. It it looks like it could be a lot of dumb fun. Okay, and I'm okay with that. So. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, uh, oh, speaking of dumb fun, the fate of the furious. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh what yeah! A, what a title! What a title, man! I, I'm so surprised they didn't spell fate F8. Yeah, <laughs> there's some missed opportunity. A missed opportunity right there. All I have to say is. Cars on ice. Cars on ice. Chased by a submarine. <laughs> Sold. I, I, Sold. Wait, you want to meet? Want to hear another? You know, I love my theories. You know, yeah. I love my hypotheses. Give me my, some theories, give, man. Give me some theories. Okay, so in this trailer, Dominic Toretto has traded on the family, and he's the bad guy working yeah. for Charlize Theron, who's the sister of Jason Statham. Hmm. All right, so what would make him go bad? Right? Kidnapping Brian O'Connell. Paul, Paul Walker's character. character. Okay. I'm, I wonder if – because I had heard mention that they wanted to find a way to keep Brian's character in the franchise. Oh, my God, like, no. Even, getting, <laughs> even asking – Vin asking the Walker family for their – what they thought and mm. for their blessing yeah. of how do we keep Brian in the franchise. So what better way to do that than to kidnap the guy? No. <laughs> no, TC. And, and, and Jordana Brewster. Yeah. And that is what forces Dominic Toretto to be a bad guy. Oh, no. So that's my guess. 
Oh, I, I hope that's not. That's <laughs> I, oh, I hope that's not it. I know this movie's dumb. <laughs> I know it's fun, but that would not. No. <laughs> what that, you can keep them in the franchise. Though. I don't like necrophilia cinema, man. Like <laughs> what the? Okay, like we'll what discuss the, Tarkin later. We'll discuss Tarkin later. That was just no, no. I don't know. I don't know. Brian O'Connell still in the movie. How do you feel about that? That theory? If, if they would do that, yeah, it seems like a logical choice. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Unabashed, no apologies, fans of the, <laughs> of the Fast and the Furious franchise, um, and I, I can appreciate that they're going in this direction. Mm. This is a neat idea, and they they intend to do ten of these things. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> they make a billion dollars. Yes, this is true. <laughs> Fast and the Furious Seven made more money than Batman versus Superman. That is my That's new true. benchmark <laughs> for the failure. <laughs> Of BVS. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get s- at least three tweets about being a hater. Stop <laughs> hating on BVS. Like, no. <laughs> Wish your holiday spirit, TZ. It's not, it's not just my dislike for that film. It's it's from a filmmaker and a filmmaking business standpoint. Yes. Failures of Batman <laughs> versus Superman are worth continuing to mention. <laughs> There's pragmatic reasons. <laughs> there, I, I know, like this movie you have to get bigger and bigger i just wonder at what point does it get too dumb for me <laughs> and i feel there's uh, we're at the tipping point there's there's <laughs> inklings in this film where i'm like this might be where my threshold <laughs> <laughs> you, you may have gone too far you've gone too far <laughs> i'm down with the submarine the, but i don't know <laughs> i i will admit the last one and, and i wrote it off as because they lost paul during yeah. the filming of it that last one wasn't great it was it, uh, yeah. The ideas you're right. were good, but it missed it missed a lot of what made the previous. Yeah. Ones. So, so I'm putting the finger quotes up. So good. So good. <laughs> I think Fast Five might be the best. The one where the rocks introduced. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the heist one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fast and the Furious. I, just one more thing. I just love that everyone still complains that this movie's not about racing anymore. <laughs> It hasn't been for a decade. Uh, even the first one wasn't about racing. Right? They were thieves. I know. <laughs> Come on, guys. Well, you know what? Fast and the Furious, that is Universal's biggest property. That's true. There, there's no way they're, they're going to quit, man. No they're, way. They don't have any other franchises. There's they're trying no... to deal with this mummy stuff, but... Yeah. yeah that, how in the hell? <laughs> how in the hell is this one of the most successful franchises of all time? One of the greatest Cinderella stories in Hollywood history. Unbelievable. <laughs> I didn't even like the Fast and Furious when it came out. And when I was in Neither sixth grade. I. I hated it. I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> fast and Furious 2, Too Fast, Too Furious was one of the first movies we put up at the wall on the wall of shame <laughs> in my own movie theater. Yeah. And it was it really was. I, I told the story of having this I was Stockholm syndrome into liking this franchise <laughs> when I got trapped in Atlanta on a layover yeah. mm. for fourteen hours and I just happened to have the entire Fast and the Furious franchise. So I watched them all in one night, <laughs> and it ended with, you know, I live my life a quarter mile at a time, too. <laughs> you are Dominic Toretto. I was, I, I, I feel like I am. <laughs> well, hey, let's, let's, let me see. I have one more, oh, Transformers 5, whatever. I'm just going to cross that off. Barf in my mouth. There, there's one more trailer on here worth mentioning. Um, Dunkirk. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't write any of these down because <laughs> oh, luckily I did. Wow, just wow, man. Like I when the news oh, came out wow. that Chris Nolan was 
going to direct a war film. I wasn't super excited. I'm going to watch anything the man does, but it just feels like this is going to be for my Oscar, finally, because yeah. he's climbed every single mountain a filmmaker can have. <laughs> but the one thing that has eluded him is that golden statue. I don't so. think he wants it, per se, but you're right. This does feel like Oscar Beatty. It, it's more prestige when than does it that. Come out? It comes out in the summer, which is kind of a funny time to have a war film. But it looks freaking good, dude. Yeah, visually stunning. Is uh, who's is Fister? It's not Wally. Um, it's Hoist uh, van Hoytema. Hoist van Hoytema. He did Interstellar with him, so they're okay. collabbing again. Gotcha. After that, Interstellar is wonderful. Uh, hey, wonderfully shot. So. Say whatever you want about Interstellar. It's a beautiful film. Ooh, yeah. Uh, great cast. Great cast. Is Killian, Killian Murphy's coming off as the main character, it appears? It, it looks like it, yeah. You got Kenneth Brano in there. Tom Hattie. Tom Hattie. You got Harry Styles <laughs> from One Direction. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Yes. <laughs> hmm. I, I, I am kind of in the school of thought of, do we really need another war movie? Mm. Because we've had so many of them. Especially World War Two. World War Two is... Or is this World War One? Uh, we could look it up. It's too because they talk about Nazis. Yeah. yeah, and but it does look good. And yeah, uh, I I will play the other side of fanboydom and try to have my reservations about it because okay. uh, I I have mentioned before I think Christopher Nolan sometimes um, underrepresents no not sometimes he underrepresents women <laughs> yeah he underrepresents women but he doesn't make like machismo man movies mm-hmm. he just approaches it from he writes what he knows yeah it's from definitely his perspective yeah yeah. Uh, but it is a, it is a pretty great cast. Yes, and Hans Zimmer scoring it. The whole band's back together. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of everything in the plus column. Yeah, they have a little in the negative <laughs> com- section at this point. They haven't done us wrong yet, yeah. so there's no t- there's no point in doubting. I wonder if this will be his most accessible film. I think so, because it's it is. Treading some familiar ground. It's yeah. not Batman. It's not Inception. It's not in- Inception. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just said that twice. Uh, Prestige. <laughs> it's not Interstellar. Like those movies are a little odd. Yeah, like, Memento is a little odd of a film. Like mm-hmm. those are not instantly accessible to a mass audience. Yes, I know Batman is cool. Your jets. Yeah, it's still Batman. It's still, it's all very genre. Mm-hmm. This is a war movie. Yes. Unless time travel somehow gets involved in this. <laughs> That's what Bryce and I keep joking. It's not a Chris Nolan movie without some sci-fi element to it. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it looks it looks great. Yeah. Uh, when, I'm with you. When it was announced, I was like, a horror movie. But then I saw the trailer. I was like, okay. I think it's mostly just disappointment because, like, I love original stuff that he does because especially since – you know, finishing the Dark Knight trilogy, he has the keys to do anything he wants now. So, hopefully, this is something uh, something worth watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's. I mean, I just ran through like every trailer I could think of off the top of my head here, and my my list of notes here. I do have a couple like news stories that might be worth mentioning. All right. Uh, first off, uh, Snyder is officially done after Justice League. Really? Yeah, there's there's no. Hallelujah. There's no information about him being brought on for Justice League 2. Mm-hmm. The only way he would be brought on for Justice League 2 is if Justice League 1 is a massive success. Mm. And even then, there's no guarantee. Um, I think that's a good thing mm. because Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> you guys love Nolan. You hate Snyder. Tweet, 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 tweet. You can tweet at me at TC's Big Head. <laughs> um, so that's good. Um Still some warning signs for Wonder Woman, though. There's yeah. 
It's that is sitting on the fence right now of mm. either another mess, another huge misstep, or potentially their first success. Yeah, uh, it's a success in the fact that Wonder Woman finally got her own movie yeah. after how long? Um, but uh, yeah, no more Snyder. Apparently, that's this is it for him. I think that'll be a plus. That'll be a plus. Thank God. Jeff Jones, take the keys. Uh, but sticking in the DC universe, uh, rumors of a Gotham City Sirens film starring yeah. Margot Robbie. I heard that. Um, Directed and... by David Ayer. Uh... Did, you see, did you see Suicide Squad? I did. Okay. It was probably one of the worst movies I saw this year. Uh, not David Ayer. Not da- I, I think... don't completely blame him because I knew this was a very studio-driven – Suicide Squad was a very studio-driven right. film. <clears throat> But Ayer himself has always been hit or miss. We we liked um, End of Watch. Yes, we liked Training yes, Day. Yes. But, but Street Kings. Street Kings. <laughs> every literally everything else. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's a cool idea. I Holiday Nights is one of my favorite like BTAS episodes, mm-hmm. which features Holly, Harley, Ivy, and Catwoman. Ivy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? Why are they doing this before they explored like the? The, um, the main... el- elite DC characters. Right. We still haven't had a Green Lantern yet. Where Where's the Green a, Lantern movie? A, a good Green Lantern. <laughs> a good, a good <laughs> Green Lantern. Because I don't know if you remember, <laughs> there is a Green Lantern movie. I try not to. <laughs> I do. I do like the. I do like the concept of potentially having a female-driven Gotham movie. Yes. I think Margot Robbie was the best part. Yes. Of Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. She more than anyone. Truly embraced the character, loved being the character, uh, wanted it. She wanted it, and she gave it her all, and, mm-hmm. and it. She did a great job. Yeah, with the right script in hand, I think a Harley movie could be quite good. Could be but interesting. For the love of God, let Paul Dini write the damn thing. Yes. Who else could write it? <laughs> you want to? Da- and he would say, "How would he say no?" Yeah. Like, that they're probably looking at. Oh, what, oh, can we get to Nolan to write it? Oh, who can we get to? Hmm. Who, who wrote Suicide Squad? No, screw that. Get the man. Who created and scripted Harley Quinn from day one? Mm-hmm. How good would that movie be? Fantastic! They're, they're, that would be the best DC movie that they could make. Yeah, even director aside, if it was just Paul Dini writing the damn thing mm-hmm. and Margot Robbie starring in it, yeah, there you go. I'd, I'd love to see Poison Ivy. You see Megan Fox is like vying for the Poison Ivy role. She is. <laughs> oh God, uh, that would change my perception of things. But, <laughs> I like Megan Fox. She's a good mother. <laughs> she stays out of the tabloids. That's very random. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Megan Fox has a stigma because she comes from Transformers. This is Michael true. Bay, yeah. But she is. She stays out of tabloids. Mm-hmm. She raises. She's raising her two kids. Like there's no rumor mill about her other mm-hmm. than she has a toe thumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a, a Harley Ivy Catwoman movie mm-hmm. that could potentially be fun. Could be fun. Could be a heist movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just take it out of the. Don't go up against freaking a god. Yeah. <laughs> Enchantress, right? Yeah. Um, You're going to hire a guy. Yeah. You're going to hire people with baseball bats and guns to fight a witch. <laughs> <laughs> They're fighting Zool from <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> hey, I got my baseball bat. How do you think you're going to do? <laughs> Dead. Man, how many times have we gone through this action movie trope? This last year alone, with flying garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we have we've finally reached max capacity of blue light shooting into the sky. <laughs> you say that now, DC. Well, Suicide Squad, um, Ghostbusters, I, Ghostbusters, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I think I heard Independence Day was the ending was like that too. 
Um, that was exactly. BBS like that? No, BBS. No, no. <laughs> there were other things flying through the air in the <laughs> Garbage. So Gotham City Sirens could be could be good given the right. It's it's like any of these properties. Put it yeah. in the right people's hands. Yeah. And you could have gold. Totally. Stop I, running these movies by committee. <laughs> That's kind of the problem. Like all these are inherently and already built in. There's already inherent quality to it because there's a fandom that follows it already. Mm-hmm. There's years and legacies of all these things being good. But I don't know. I've never heard David Ayer saying he's a comic book fan or yeah. in, like <laughs> being in love with these characters. He's just a random director, and I feel the same way about Zack Snyder too. It's just they're getting people. Bringing in people in the in-house that don't have the same passion and the same, you know, fire for the, and love for these characters. So it's just, yeah, it's just, it shows. That they can just say, hey, this guy from Training Day. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I, that's all I have for, like, news and trailers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there is quite a, quite a bit more to discuss in, in terms of what we've missed as well as 2016 and what we will miss. Mm-hmm. And those are the notable deaths of 2016. Yeah. Uh, I, I may have said this on the podcast. I know I've said it to, to anyone who will listen to me. <laughs> I wonder if we think 2016 has been this, like, horrible year for losses. Yeah. Because – we are in the pocket of knowing all these names. Mm-hmm. There, there are losses every year, and, yeah. and there are really sad losses every year. But this year, so many names we know yes. have been lost. Uh, iconic <clears throat> names. And, and maybe not even iconic to the point of like affecting us. I, I don't, we just know the names. Yes. And, and that's why I feel 2016. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe 2016 really was like <laughs> the deathiest year that we've had. Yeah. Uh, now, George Michael passed away before just a couple days before recording this. On uh, Christmas. Christmas Day. Out of all days. Yeah. And let's, let's curb the 5,000 last Christmas jokes, please. Come on. The man just passed away. Very poor taste, guys. Very poor taste. Um, but uh, – I, I have the notable deaths of this year to just like thumb through here, but like um, Abe Vigoda finally passed away. <laughs> uh, that made me really sad because you know that was the running joke on Conan. Yeah, that and I, I kind of thought was he was going to outlive us all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you you would text me and ask if if we should do a rewatch. Of- <laughs> George Michael and my response was, "Is this a serious question?" Because <laughs> I didn't know if you. <laughs> I man, I guess I'm thinking about. Chad, because he posts that video mm-hmm. every year. Yeah, Chad uh, made it. That's his favorite Christmas song. Yeah, on his "Here's Your Top Five podcast, he used to have when he did his favorite Christmas songs. His number one was was uh, "Last Christmas" yeah. by George Michael, <laughs> much to the chagrin of his co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Chad. Um, Alan Rickman. Yes, that was one of the bigger ones this year. That one really. Really got me. Mm-hmm. Like David Bowie had passed away just before Alan Rickman, yeah, and that really sucked. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but man, Bowie went out like a boss. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Like he recorded that last album, and knowing and, that he was gonna die. Yeah, yeah. Oh my, have you listened to it or at least watched some of the videos? I saw the video. For? Yeah. Wow. Like yeah. that. What a genius! Mm-hmm. What a brilliant, insane thing to do. Yeah. Like, Bowie went down. Like a king, like yeah. that is just incredible to to be able to do to be able to go out on his terms like that is mm-hmm. just incredible. Um, and when Al, and that sucked, but it was it was a a powerful loss, 
and then Alan Rickman passed away, and that one really got me. Yeah, um, I changed. I I don't know why. I mean, it has to, it has to do with Harry Potter. It has to do with Die Hard. But losing Alan Rickman was that was tough. Yeah, he's still one of our greatest actors. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, there's so many names here. But a lot of like. Uh, sports deaths and um, I know a lot of uh, one that affected a lot of folks was Prince. Yes, yeah. yes. Now I I I was never a like diehard Prince fan. How about yeah? You? No, uh, Michael Jackson for me <laughs> during the debates is it's like Prince or Michael Jackson. <laughs> Prince or Michael like, Jackson. Why do I pick both? MJ for me, but like um, my fondest Prince memories, obviously 1989's Batman's the soundtrack. <laughs> um, gotta love that Gotham City song mm-hmm. <laughs> I I am it is not lost on me just how prolific and incredible of a musician Prince was yeah and, and he the, mm-hmm. uh, what he was able to do with music is n- Michael Jackson can't hold a candle to Prince musically yes like, he yeah. plays the guitar the drums and he... I'm, I'm not besmirching the name Michael Jackson by saying that yeah. I'm just saying Prince was an insane musician. Yes. Um, he was uh, in a league of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Starring Tom Hanks and Rita Davis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Florence Henderson had passed away. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I Mrs. Never, Brady. Never watched the Brady Bunch too much, but that was something that was a staple in my uh, mom's family's house when mm-hmm. they were when they just immigrated over here, um, Gilligan, Gilligan's Island and Brady's Bunch were, <laughs> was what kept them – and it was what helped them learn English too. So oh, wow. I always had an appreciation for that show even though I never watched it. Yeah, uh, Brady Bunch was a big deal in my house. My, mm-hmm. my older sister, if you f- freeze frame the first shot of any episode, like the first frame, she'll tell you what the episode is. Oh, wow. Like she – they always open the episode showing the house and then they cut to the first scene of the show and she just pauses and be like, this is the episode. And – Always right. Uh, that was that that's was, incredible. That was uh, quite a skill. <laughs> uh, oh, another sitcom death recently. Alan Thick. Alan Thick. Yeah. Yes, man. Crazy timing. Candace and I. Uh, well, me. She wasn't watching Fuller House. I'm watching season two. I just watched the Alan Thick episode, and then the next day he passed away. Oh, wow. I'm not saying I'm responsible. Yeah, I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> it was TC. Uh, but I just really uh, crazy timing mm-hmm. on that. Um, oh, Patty Duke passed away this year too. Another sitcom mm-hmm. uh, icon. Um, but yeah, Alan Thicke passing was uh, another one. I was like, oh yeah, wow, what, what, what a weird loss. Yeah, <laughs> very um, random. You got to, like Anthony Scalia. If you want to go more, like I'm talking about a, a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. By the way, we have gone longer without a Supreme Court just ninth Supreme Court justice. In the history of this country, mm-hmm. freaking Republicans. Well, now we'll get one. We'll get one now. Uh-huh. Now that there's someone who can elect a damn person, but man, that's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gary Shandling. Oh now, yeah. Uh, I I've never watched the Larry Sanders show, which was his yeah. his sitcom. But on any list of the greatest TV shows of all time, hmm. the Larry Sanders show will be on that list. Yes. It's uh, I've never I've never seen an episode, but I am aware that it is one of the greatest comedies of all time. Yes. Um I know Larry Sanders from being in uh, Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> he will always be the Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Guy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, what a random cameo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh speaking of other politician, another pol- Rob Rob Ford. Rob Ford. Remember that crazy uh, Canadian dude? 
Oh, the cocaine guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cocaine guy. Um, uh, Fidel Castro. Yes, that was – man, he's one of those guys where – How was he still alive? <laughs> yeah, like I he's, I just thought the guy's immortal because ever since I was born, I've, I've known that name. I've heard it in the news, and he was just always prevalent. And then he, he outlasted <laughs> like every assassination attempt. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great crack uh, crack.com video on all the attempts that that the United States that the CIA attempted, and some of them are ridiculous, <laughs> like exploding cigars. Oh like, wow! Seriously funded a campaign <laughs> to have an exploding cigar kill a prank cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. April Fool's that's, that's where our money went. Oh my god. <laughs> um we're, let's see, were there any other deaths that I feel like there's I can't remember. There's so many. <laughs> there's just so many. I'm scrolling through here that there's there's, there's a hoax one that almost got me, the, the oh, Stan no. Lee one. Okay. Oh, I don't know if you got that, but that I was like no, no, not this year. <laughs> um I actually anticipated Stanley passing this year. Uh. <laughs> um, not not that I was wishing for it, but yeah. someone asked me like, "What do you think the big? Do you think there'll be one more?" I'm like, well, "I hope not." But Stanley just filmed three or four cameos yeah. in one day. Like mm-hmm. they're preparing for his his departure from this from this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm glad Stan's still alive again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, China, the re- the rest yeah. of China. That was so sad. Um, her she had, she led a sad life. You know she has one of the best-selling Playboy issues of all time. I did not know that. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> good for her. Good, good for her China fans. <laughs> uh, way to be naked. Good job. Um, let's see, um, I'm in April now. Okay. Uh, of course, Is this the wiki page. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's notable losses. It's a New York Times put out a list of oh. all the notable deaths of the year. Um, Another sitcom, Alan Young from Mr. Ed. <laughs> um, one, one of the Eagles died, didn't it? Uh, Glenn Frey? Glenn, is that his name? I didn't hear about that. that was, I hope not. That was, I love the Eagles. <laughs> that was way earlier in the year. Oh, okay. Like January, February. You know who I'm surprised is still alive? Is, Don't, oh, you're oh. jinxing it. Okay, but I should say that. <laughs> no, go ahead. It's too late. Uh, knock on wood. This is actual wood. Um, Olivia de Havilland from Gone with the Wind. Uh, uh, Scarlet O'Hare? No, not Scarlett. No. She she's definitely gone. Okay. <laughs> she played. Um, she was one of the leads. I forgot what was her name. She was the nice gal. The nice gal. Okay. The nice gal who was uh, Scarlett's friend. She's oh, still alive though. Yeah, she's like a hundred something. Wow, it's insane. Ah, oh, what's her name? I was actually surprised that. Uh, and again, we're not trying. I'm not trying to be more here, but Debbie Reynolds is still alive. Yes, uh, Carrie, Carrie Fisher's, Fisher's mom. mother. Oh, and thank God, dodge a bullet with Carrie Fisher. Because she just had a massive heart. Yeah, attack. I was I was gonna lead up to that. Um, I, oh god, man! I as soon as I saw it on, announced like it, I don't know where it came across Twitter or Google. I was like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I was following like just refreshing uh, all night. That would have been. Uh, she's 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 gonna she's sixty. That's yeah. that's still young. Mm-hmm. She certainly had a life of drugs and and now obviously she has health issues. But oh, man, I I don't. It's people often say like you know it's a big deal. It's not like you knew them. Yeah. And there's a great quote I saw when David Bowie passed away that I applied when Alan Rickman passed away. It's not that we knew them. It's that their art allowed us to know ourselves. Yes. Better. And best how, way to put it. Yeah. 
and and Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia is one of the most important pop culture figures in the world to mm-hmm. me, to you, to anyone who grew up with even a, a an iota of love for Star Wars. Yeah. So God, that was scary. Um, I'm glad she's okay. I am too. Yeah, yeah. man, that's a really great quote. <laughs> I need to save that because I just feel there's there's this. I mean, obviously, there's more people that show love to the deceased than not. But there's just such a prevailing insensitivity when a celebrity passes. They're just like, oh, it's just a celebrity. I don't care. But still, it's still a person. Yeah. And it's a great person. They did they did great things. They contributed great things to humanity. And I feel like Carrie Fisher, is so. she has such a wonderful spirit about her. If you yeah. just watch her interviews. She's, she's just, so – she's a bit odd sometimes. <laughs> definitely odd. But I ah, – she's just so wonderful to watch. And, you know, so, better than someone like Jerry Lewis, who we still consider a legend or whatever. I think the guy's a scumbag. Jerry Lewis? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a very random figure. But he's just a jerk to everybody. I don't know if you saw that latest Hollywood reporter. Yes, we're thing. the only one answer, one word answers. That was very cringeworthy. But, yeah. you know, he went on, he did, there's this, he went on a right wing show and he said, you know, all Muslims need to be tracked and whatever because uh, we don't want, no, they're just Jerry. like, come on, man, really? And we're still, we're still holding this guy in high regard. Uh, and then here's Carrie Fisher. She had her own personal problems, but she's a wonderful person who does wonderful things for other people. You know, yeah. she just had a tragic life. So it's, it is incredible how, People will react and then react to the reactions. Um, well, uh, another tragic loss this year that God was like um, when when like Paul Walker passed away, it was like really affected. I really affected me. And yeah, learning about him as a person really. But the the tragic loss of Anton Yelkin. Yeah, or Yelchin, however. Um, yeah, Yelkin. My God, like ho- just so horrifying. Yeah, like, he he passed away like the way he did, killed by. His car, the way he did, was mm. hearing how it was, how he was found. Like, my God, I was. That wasn't just like the loss of a celebrity, the, mm. the loss of a human being. Who and this, I, please don't take this as me bragging. I got to meet him, and I actually got to converse with him, and, yeah. and know him as a good person for just a short time. And to 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 hear someone get killed that way was oh so hard. Yeah, um, especially so young. So yeah, so talented too. too. Yes, uh, you know people know him from Star Trek, but uh, some of his indie films mm-hmm. are so good. Charlie Bartlett, yeah, uh, uh, Green Room, yep. uh, like crazy, yeah, like crazy. Jones. Yes, yeah. like crazy is such a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a sad movie, yes. but it's a great movie. It's a great film. Uh, Muhammad Ali passed away this year as well. Yes, ah, oh, that was the other big one. Um, I, I love that man. I love him more for his outside the ring stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Because I didn't grow during the time where he was fighting, but like, just... yeah, I'm telling you, boxing doesn't matter. <laughs> boxing doesn't matter. He, he said it. Bo- you t- tweet him at at TC's Big Head. <laughs> boxing exists so we can keep have boxing, having boxing movies. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love. Uh, I just love him as a political figure. I think mm-hmm, he's, he has so mm-hmm. many great things to say. Uh, you know, and and you could call him a dirty hippie liberal too for his like anti-war uh, feeling like how anti-war he was during the Vietnam but he said war. so many great things about that just like yeah, I, why yeah. would I fight for a country that won't fight for me right you know? like yeah. it just goes back as long as World War II with the Nisi soldiers the mm-hmm. Japanese Americans who fought against other enemy Japanese soldiers but they came back and they were put in internment camps yeah. you so, know it's just stuff like th- that thanks uh, you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> oh over here cool um, Gary Marshall legendary television and film director <sighs> that Gary one Marshall. that one hit me a little bit because like you and i princess diaries is low key <laughs> guilty pleasure or guilty maybe pleasure. high key <laughs> are one of our favorite films 
Um, let's see. Uh, but um, a comedic genius as well. God, um, Gary Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, we, uh, Chad and I did um, Orange County as one of our rewatches, mm-hmm. and I had forgotten that he's in there. Harold Ramis is in there. Ben what? Stiller is in there. <laughs> and Gary, uh, Gary Marshall. That all these insane insanely famous uh, comedic directors have cameos in Orange County. <laughs> <laughs> That's so random. Because they were all essentially godfathers to the director, the young, oh, the young kid who directed yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's see. I'm, I, I've only made it to August at this point. Okay. Oh, Gene Wilder. Uh, yeah, that one it, was... You know what? Gene Wilder, as much as there was like the reaction to the reaction haters for Prince and David Bowie... Um, man, the 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 re-response of Gene Wilder's passing was really obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Like, go oh, tell me how you're a fan now. Like, th- this this is an example of that of how important someone is for us knowing ourselves. Like, especially in our age bracket, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is one of those. It's a kids movie. It has those like dark elements to it that the older we get, the more we think about. Mm-hmm. And Gene Wilder was an incredible incredible man yes. incredible comedian mm-hmm. and uh an amazing and a humble man too later in his life like he he was like the star of all stars for a long and then he just gave it up he's like ah, i'm cool yeah um after he gilda gilda radner his his wife passed away he it kind of affected him at, professionally and he just became a much more internalized mm-hmm. individual but blazing saddles young frankenstein like a lot of the mel, like his mel brooks films uh, he might have been a jerk, hmm. right? Like you, you can hear stories of Gene Wilder being kind of like an a hole, <laughs> but you couldn't argue with the genius of his performing. No, yeah, absolutely not. And there were talks of him coming back, like Ready Player One. Yes, I believe. Oh, was yes, a, that's right. They reserved a role for him. Oh, he would have made an incredible uh, the, the the Bill Gates, Steve Jobs type character. The recluse that mm. leaves the money that launches the whole movie. Yeah. Would have been perfect for Gene Wilder. Made so much sense. Oh, wow. Um, did Like, Willy Wonka, did that, like, how were you, like, do you have any love loss for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? <laughs> no, I definitely like Willy Wonka a lot. It was something I watched. Um, I've only probably only seen it twice in my life on mm-hmm. TV, but I think the biggest one for me is Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Because I, I mean, Mel Brooks was, like, a hero of mine growing up. And so, knock on wood, if he survives 2017 as well. But, um, yeah, no, just I, I feel like I learned comedy through Gene Wilder without thinking about it because mm-hmm. he was in all the movies that I watched. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sad, sad loss on that one. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Baker, R2-D2. Ah, that was super sad. <laughs> oh, Kenny. Uh, I know that was just like... I mean, it's not small because in the pantheon of Star Wars, R2-D2 is one of the most iconic characters. Yeah, but Kenny... Isn't I, I? I hate. I'm not yeah. trying to disrespect the guy, mm-hmm. but he was in it in R2. But then even at, beyond that, R2 just became a robot, like an yeah. actual automated robot. And, mm-hmm. But he he's from that original cast. Yeah. Uh, so that was and it was that was sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, and it well that was right before episode seven. No, no. Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah. No, no. Wait. When did Kenny Baker pass away? It was sometimes yeah. was September, August. I'm, I'm literally looking at the list. You'd think I could add that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. What else? Any other names ring like jumping at you? I know I'm like 
spending all this time. Okay, we're in October, everyone. Have we made it through October? Because <laughs> <laughs> there, there is one big loss that I, I want to discuss uh, before we move on to the rest of the episode. Um, hmm. It is, it is. Like I love the 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 honoring of some of these actors. I said uh, Gene Wilder got like some hate for him passing. Oh, tell me how you're a fan now. And like when George Michael passed away, of course there was the oh suddenly people are fans of George Michael. Oftentimes you don't realize just how much of a fan you are of someone until they're gone. Exactly, right? Like, Gene Wilder was the perfect figure because that's not someone I thought about on a daily basis. Yeah. But I watched all his movies, I know all of his work, and it it affected me as an artist one way or another. And so I'm sure, like, all those figures that we just named did so because they're so exposed in the pop culture pantheon. And yeah. So, and, and, That's such and, a dickish thing to say. <laughs> it's it's easy to take for granted that these actors and actresses won't won't be. Oh, Robert Vaughn, another um, uh, classic actor. Mm-hmm. Oh, was he Green Hornet? No, that's Van Johnson. That's Van Johnson. He died too he this died year. As well. Yeah, that's right. that that affected me a little bit only because I I watched a lot of Green Hornet growing up and Cato, yeah. Cato man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Zsa Zsa Gabor passed away just uh, like a week or so ago. Um, she was one of those people where I was like, you're still alive? <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, in, in going through this list, a, a name I, I didn't know she passed away, it just completely went off my radar, was Janet Reno. Um, now you may yeah, not know. Janet, yeah, yeah, okay. from the Clinton administration. Uh, uh, she was attorney general. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I know her from SNL. Will Smith or, or Will, Will, Ferrell. Will Ferrell impersonating her. <laughs> Play my song. John Glenn, astronaut John Glenn. Yeah, personally. first man on the moon, or one of the first. One or orbiting. Sorry, yeah, orbited the Earth. That that um, happened when I was in grade school, so I, I definitely remember that name. God, man, um, legendary John Glenn. Like, hmm. how how many people have been in space? Not a lot. <laughs> Two handfuls. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there's, there's, you know, we just spent you know, 15, 20 minutes talking about the notable deaths of 2016. Surely we missed someone. If, if there was someone on the list that you, you feel we should acknowledge, please message us, comment below. Um, but, uh, I think there, the, the pain of loss of 2016 was also something we had to deal with on because of the election. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to go on a nice long tangent about the, the presidential election or whatnot, but we did do three episodes leading up to it, and this is our time to recap it. Yeah. It's our little nice wrap. Yeah. Uh, boy. So uh, where were you at uh, when the counts were in? I was watching with Chad and Kate, uh, Ch- Chad and his wife, and they went to bed. Okay. They, they gave up. They mm. couldn't sit there and watch it. And I just sat there slowly watching it. Like, <laughs> it's like Clockwork Orange style. This is happening. Yeah. This is happening. Um, man. We, and we, it's been weeks now. And the the settling in has happened. Mm-hmm. People are accepting it. And now it's like get over it. And I will, I will stand by this until the term, the, the administration is over. You can't tell people to stop complaining about it mm. when you just spent eight years complaining about the other guy. Yeah. That's just how the pendulum swings. You have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a right to voice their opinion. Mm-hmm. And when you get people like Tommy Lahren tell people, telling people to stop being sore, sore losers, when yeah. you have people on Fox News telling people to, to, to stop complaining, just accept it. No, it's, it's everyone's right to 
not accept it. Yeah. Um, Seth Meyers said it best. You know, th- uh, John Alver said it as well. This isn't normal, mm-hmm. and it can't be. And it's less about the orange monster that is now the top of this mountain. Mm. The people he's putting in charge of these things are literally the exact opposite of the people who should be putting in charge of these things. <laughs> Does he just want to watch the world burn? Then <laughs> it's the League of Injustice. <laughs> it's, the, it's the it's the Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. <laughs> hey. Uh, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. Who should be in charge of that? Let's find someone who hates the environment. Okay, you're in charge. Hey, the Drug Enforcement Agency. Who should be involved with that? Uh, what's Walter White up to? Right? <laughs> I'm just waiting for Count Chocula to show up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Health Administration? Yeah. Blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's literally all either underqualified – Zero experience or white supremacists. <laughs> there's, there's just we're laughing, but we're sad. I, it's laughing because there's a defense mechanism, but there is no other. Like, if you can think of an image of a person you would want to do a certain job, that's a very like important job that has repercussions. Mm-hmm. All those people are part of his cabinet now. Hey, who should run the Department of Energy? How about the guy who said he'd get rid of the Department of Energy? <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? Like one of the things that came up during a dinner table conversation during Christmas was like, "Oh, isn't it great that a uh, Chinese American woman is now running the Department of Education?" And I was like, "No, because she wants to privatize American <laughs> education. It's going to be exp- extremely expensive for you and I and our kids to we have can, an education." Now. We can be excited about Duckworth being nominated into the Senate, right? That's her name. Duckworth. Yeah, Tammy Duckworth. Which is, she can be the Asian American representation. That was the- dope. <laughs> Fun fact, by the way, uh, this uh, the like small glimmer of hope to come out of this, like, tragic election season is, like, the most Asian-American women are going to uh, take office uh, this year. So Kamala Harris and Tammy Duckworth yeah, yeah, yeah. and many other other people that I don't have their Amazing. names right now. So, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> California, yeah, our, our senator is Kamala Harris. She's half black, half Indian. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and, look, it it is just, again, the pendulum swinging the other way. We have our end is nigh signs up. <laughs> but it just it's just – crazy mm-hmm. like even take the politicization politicization of it away probably not a word take the politics out of it and look at what is occurring a game show host is our president <laughs> a game show host it, just, it doesn't feel real every time you say it the more you say it, it just feels unreal <laughs> <laughs> this is this is crazy it's yeah yeah, that's just no adger- – that's the perfect adjective, TC. Um, yeah. I, the the worst that will happen to me mm-hmm. personally is I'll lose my health care. That's true. That's pretty much the worst thing that will happen to Which me. is still pretty bad. <laughs> that's bad. Yeah. It's, I, I can't afford health care. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the Affordable Health Care Act was a good thing for me. Yeah. But that's the worst thing that will happen to me. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I try to be – try to explain to people who can't wrap their minds around people bitching hmm. but it's like you the people i'm talking to it's like it's we, we don't have to complain we're a bunch of white guys that's just we're fine we're gonna be okay <laughs> it's the people of color it's women in particular that hmm. i'm that i'm i'm worried about yeah i mean texas already has passed a law to defund planned parenthood People so, are always trying to defund Planned Parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like it's it's le- it's legitimized in Texas now. Yeah. I mean, but oh, uh, President Obama has also signed a bill to protect Planned Parenthood on a nationwide scale, mm-hmm. so that Look, helps. I, I have a simple solution here, okay, Ben? Look, every time the the Democratic side tries to 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 go about talking about something, they want to talk about climate change, right? Mm-hmm. 
um, the 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 right will then say, oh global warming huh look how cold it is right they'll pick <laughs> they'll they'll pick and choose how what they're calling it they uh, white supremacist no 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 alt rights <laughs> you're a you're a you're a you're not alt right you're a white supremacist like no. don't don't do wordplay you want to play wordplay fine I think we should end Planned Parenthood hmm. I think we should just end Planned Parenthood and just call it something else. Call it regular health yeah. stuff. <laughs> there you go. We have we have defunded Planned Parenthood. We're going to start this new program. Here. <laughs> it's oh, called Universal Healthcare. It's called, it's called uh, 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 Ladies Are Going to Be Okay. <laughs> ladies Are Going to Be Okay. L A R O. We'll call it Laura. We'll call it Laura. <laughs> there we go. TC for president. There you go. <laughs> I think, if anything, I'm like. Like, right after everything went down, you know, you and I talked extensively. Um, I was not in a good place. <laughs> I did not leave my room for 48 hours. But, you know, if there's anything, any sliver of hope, like silver lining, um, is that this is a wake-up call. Because we got cocky. <laughs> we got really cocky. Because <laughs> the entire time you and I were just saying, not just you and I, just the entire, like, you know, Democratic Party was just saying this would never happen. There's just no way. There's just no way was practically the tagline yeah. of the campaign. But well, we we come from blue bubbles. Yeah, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. That's uh, not being aware of what the rest of the country is thinking and acting and, and reacting to. But I have to think better of of all this. To continue the craziness, is there's more crazy than we could ever discuss in the time we have. <laughs> but the fact that Russia. Is it's so involved? Yes, there's there's legitimate proof from the CIA and the FBI. What the hell? Like <laughs> that it was tapped. Ronald Reagan, you know the the little blessed Reagan would be is spinning in his grave at this. Oh, Nancy Reagan passed away this year too. Sorry, I just remember. Was it another. this year? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but that's crazy. Yeah. The, the the communist enemy, the Red Scare, like just metal. They meddled and. And everything's and everyone's okay with this apparently. If it was the flip side, it would be pandemonium. Oh my god! <laughs> it's 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 every major election, every and every election is major, but every presidential election that has like a like a huge swing to the other side is met with a, a, a massive response mm. from the people who weren't awake to it. I don't want to woke to it or whatever. <laughs> Hashtag woke. The two thousand election. The uh, go back to the the Nixon and Kennedy election, like. The, uh, the when Clinton beat Bush Senior, mm. Bush Senior was a one-term president. Like, yeah. what? That's a, that's a, how did this happen? <laughs> Every time the the election swings to the other side, it wakes people up. Yeah, and it's just a new generation of people who mm. are have been made aware of just how this whole system works. Yeah, every four years we just settle into a lull, and there's a boom of understanding. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's every eight years. When when uh, President Obama came into office, that was a wake up to a lot of people on the right side of things. To to fester this this racism mm. and this xenophobia and this fear, mm. and uh, now they're able to release that valve. And oh, thank God! You know, we're done with that guy. Yeah, oh, we're done with that guy. Uh, we're done with that guy. I don't know. We're done with that N word from some other people. That's what's happening here. Mm. And now we. From the people who don't didn't want Trump in office, and this isn't pro Hillary talk. We're not even talking about Hillary. Did yeah. I bring up Hillary until just now? Not yet. No. <laughs> it's it's now we are turning the valve, and we are going to have to. We can't, a, as a people, whether it's agree or disagree, 
can't clam up. We have to talk. But, Ben, this is so important. I, I realized this in talking with Candace about talking about this election, and I, and I want you listening. You people need to hear. Do you know why we work, Ben? Like because we're talking to each other. Hmm. You're, we're two people having a conversation. How many single people talking to a camera are the voice? Yeah. There's no conversation being had. It's just people talking at a camera. Mm-hmm. That's bad. That's bad for liberals. That's bad for conservatives. We can't keep having single voices telling us what to think. We need to have conversations with each other. It's If Tommy Lahren and Trevor Noah hosted a show together, mm-hmm. do you know how much better that would be? Yeah. Because they could argue. <laughs> they, could, they could have a conversation mm-hmm. instead of just talking. Yeah. Ah, I, I came to this realization when, I, when my mom had posted something about this woman. Like, oh, you want to know what hope is, Michelle Obama? No. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it angered me because it was so closed-minded. Yeah. It's just one person spotting off their opinion mm-hmm. yes i host a, a movie review show where i spot off my opinion <laughs> it's for entertainment first yeah. and foremost <laughs> but you see what i'm saying like the yeah. conversation needs to happen absolutely i mean bruce lee says his best and uh enter dragon boards don't hit back you know yeah and we have to have that back and forth and i'm not saying like go out and find your nearest racist and go have a conversation <laughs> with them. for the love of god don't do that everyone <laughs> will get hurt in that scenario <laughs> I just feel for me, this is just a personal thing. I don't have enough energy to educate everyone. I'm going to do what's best for me and mine, and I'm going to lead by example in a way that I feel is best. Yeah. And I want to be as even keeled as you are too. I really that's one one thing I really admire about you as an individual. You're very even keeled emotionally and mentally and I try not, to be. I, I'm yeah. not that cat just puked right behind you. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> that's that's how okay? disgusted that cat is. Archie, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I am concerned. Uh, no, he's fine. Okay. Um it is – I try to be. I know I can be very opinionated. I am very stubborn about certain <laughs> things. There there are topics that I can't help but shut down and be very single-minded mm. about. And that's fine. I think everyone has that in them. But the willingness to at least listen to yeah. the other side without having preconceived notions is really important. Mm. I can understand the pro-Trump people. Mm. I have a friend who works in the medical uh, field and she voted for trump and and my first response was like oh i thought better of you yeah but then in talking with her she doesn't work in the low income and she doesn't work in like the expensive medical care she works in that middle ground and that middle ground was really affected by the affordable health care act mm-hmm. and so it made sense to me that she would want to support a platform that's willing to alter and change the the Affordable Health Care Act, which affected her livelihood. Mm-hmm. That made sense. And and being able to to understand that from her, that's better than just going, you voted for Trump, F you. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I want to understand. I want to expl- – you have to explain your opinion. Yeah. Some people feel like they shouldn't have to explain their opinion, mm-hmm. but I think it's worth – you should be able to. Yeah. <laughs> why, do you, why do you feel this way? Mm. And sometimes it even the attempt to put words to it yeah. is important. Yes, absolutely, and uh, having a diverse array of voices as well so it doesn't become an echo chamber, mm-hmm. um, I think that's something social media can become quite often. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. If anything, I've I've really appreciated even more President Barack Obama's last eight years. It's I really took it for granted. You know, It was just, at least for me, being here in California, mm-hmm. being amongst a diverse population, being like hippie. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But, you know, I felt like I was represented. Mm-hmm. I felt like my voice was heard. So, I don't know. I don't know what these next four years are going to bring entail. It might not be, you know, doom and gloom. But I am not hopeful. Yeah. I, I do yeah. feel... Like all those all those arguments that are being made, it totally makes sense to me because yeah. that's the same argument some of my family members are making because they vote for him too, mm-hmm. and I was extremely disappointed because I thought you know we're we're making progress here. You know, I'm saying things, you're saying things, and then you're like, <laughs> oh, I voted for Trump. Ah, oh, God ah. damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a, we we can wrap up this section and we can move on talking back about movies. Yeah, but uh, f- being able to reach out to people and have conversation that's really important to me. I've, mm. And as you said. I, I do try to be middle. I try to play the middle and, and hear both sides. I had a conversation with someone just yesterday hmm. about All Lives Matter versus Black Lives Matter. I said, all right, let's let's stop talking about that. Do you like M&Ms? I sure do. Do you like Skittles? I sure do. Twix? Yes. Uh, 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 Reese's Pieces? Like, you like yes. candy. I Would like you candy. say you like candy? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great? I, I like candy, too. I think yeah. we can both agree we like candy. Hmm. <clears throat> I just want to say specifically, though. I love Heath bars. <laughs> I love I love Heath bars. Okay. Uh, now I don't want you to take that to mean mm. that I don't like all candy. I just want to specifically point out the fact that I really do like Heath bars. <laughs> like Heath bars are great. They're, they they get stuck in your teeth and you can taste it for like an hour. And you're like, <laughs> I'm definitely getting a cavity. So Heath bars matter to me. Yeah. Are you trying to say you don't like candy? <laughs> what? No, we literally were just talking about. I like candy. Candy's yeah. great. I just wanted. I just thought it was worth mentioning mm-hmm. that I like heat bars. <laughs> That's what the All Lives Matter versus Black Lives Matter is. All candy bars matter. I didn't CC. say I didn't like Skittles. And <laughs> All candy bars matter. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I can't tell you specifically what candy I'm thinking about right yeah. now without offending you, like <laughs> triggering you by saying heat bars matter to me. I'm sorry. Let me get a list. Rolos matter. <laughs> M&M peanuts matter. <laughs> Berry Skittles. Like, Don't forget Three Musketeers and Almond <laughs> Joys. Everyone loves coconut almond but joys. I, I feel like that's an apt explanation of, like, you realize how stupid it is to be mad about Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Because they're not saying <laughs> all lives don't matter. They're just one thought it was worth mentioning. And they're not even saying, like, matters more or matters right. less. They're just saying matters. Michael Chase says his best in his stand-up. Like, they're just saying matters. It's like saying y'all don't exist or something, you know? Like, I, I got really furious when I went home, TC, because sometimes I often forget outside of Portland and outside of our, you know, metropolis bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still very rural. It's still very... Racist, <laughs> and you know there was. I, I I will even go far to say is it's not inherently racist and it's not intentionally racist. Mm. It's just ignorant. Ignorant. There's a lot of history stuff that because did you know there's a lot of like KKK history in uh, Oregon? There? I I do know that. Yeah. I just wanted to throw that blanket out there to to the nation. Oh. <laughs> I don't think that anyone who doesn't live in the blue spot. Oh no, maybe. definitely. Like Oregon's definitely blue, but I'm not saying that just to because I love Oregon. There's. I want my home state to do better. That's essentially where this story is going. Yeah. Because I saw this. See, here's the thing. There's this stereotype that oh, only hillbillies are racist. You know, Appalachian people. <laughs> uh, no, that's not how that works. No, I love my Appalachian. Paula people. Dean. Paula Dean. Paula Dean's great. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. She's terrible. Mammy. <laughs> but here's the thing. I saw a giant bumper sticker on a mom on a minivan. It was a soccer mom van, a and she looked like go getter. Yeah. She looked just like a regular soccer mom, but said, cops and all lives matter, 
more and more was in ca- all caps and it was all red too. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and I gotta say, like, there's some. I understand the ignorance behind all lives matter. That argument that they make because it's just a reaction to semantics. Mm-hmm. But there, some folks take it to like a racist level, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's kind of the thing. Like, I would love to talk to everyone about it, but there's just there's just no understanding behind that you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. dave Chappelle said it great in his uh in his opening monologue for snl like blue lives matter well you know that's not that's not an actual life like <laughs> if i could take off being black i'd do it tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> it's just the willingness to talk about it yeah because no i'm exhausted i can't educate everyone mm. not that i'm even taking that response and it's not even myself. your job yeah. that's the thing it's not even your job like it's just i i want to talk about it i want to yeah. talk about anyone who's willing to talk about it yeah and it's and it's just being able to to hey sorry i just i just want to step in real quick hmm. can you acknowledge what you're saying with <laughs> with a level head yeah i i honestly think that more and more and more the anonymity of the computer screen is is hurting us as a society, and and I go back to saying that this this the talking head, yelling at a camera and he- letting you hear what you want to hear, is bad. It's very Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it it needs to be talking to the people around you. Don't init- Don't get in arguments. Don't don't attack someone for their beliefs. But be but ask for understanding. Mm. Please tell me more. Is yeah. is such an important phrase? Yeah. Like, why do you think that? Why? Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Going go in with an openness because mm-hmm. there's so many times where maybe I'll make a statement about something and then someone will come in and give me unsolicited advice. I didn't ask for that. You know, like <laughs> that's not how you start a discussion. That's actually very condescending and. I just feel it, it's the method rather than how we're doing it. We've been doing it for centuries, but we've just been doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I we've commiserated enough. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gone for two hours so far today. So Ooh, nice. I think we should take a quick little break here. And when we come back, we will talk about Rogue One and uh, maybe Star Wars in general and, and what's to come in that universe. So Fantastic. thank you for that conversation, Ben. Uh, for those listening, if you want to discuss any of those points, you can tweet at Ben at Benji Toes. You can tweet at me at TC's Big Head, or you can also comment in the section below. But for now, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with some Rogue One. Beep, 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 beep. I've got another confession to make.
And we're back. How are you? Hello, TC. <laughs> okay. So happy Star Wars Day. Happy Star Wars Day. One of many. I feel like every day is Star Wars Day. Every day is Star Wars Day. <laughs> <laughs> Where to begin? Well, a long, long time ago. <laughs> that would be the perfect place to begin. Well, what do you think? First Star Wars movie to not have an opening crawl. Did it feel weird to you? It's. I liked it. Yes. I liked it. Yes. I liked that. that shoo! Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're yep. just in. Okay. Oh, jeez. Oh, I don't even know. Okay. Uh, let's let's just knee-jerk response, and we can elaborate. Okay. We're talking spoilers, by the way, right? Yes. Okay. If you have not seen Rogue One, uh, we are just, we're full-on full spoilers here, so... Uh, thank you for listening if you've just turned off the, the podcast. but <laughs> Jar Jar was everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that Mad Milkelson was Luke's father? <laughs> That's someone else's joke. I apologize for, for hacking it. <laughs> Yay or nay? This is tough. This is tough for me. This is yay or nay, man. Oh, man. I, I don't know. I can't fully say yay, mm-hmm. but I can't, I can't also fully say nay because the third act was so amazing. So, okay, okay. Um, let's, let's try Okay. Where are you on this? Are you also on the fence like me, or were you like, I, yes? I, I, I've seen it twice now. Okay. I really liked it more the second time. Okay. The first time. I, I was smiling through a good portion of it, but there was a lull in the middle where I it was, where yeah. it was losing me. And uh, but that final third uh-huh. act sequence, that ground battle stuff, the the director was inspired by Thin Red Line, mm-hmm. and you can see it. He was inspired by Blade Runner, and you can see that the first time you meet Cassian. Um, and oh man, there, there's a lot of great stuff in this in Rogue One. Yes, that I genuinely was like. That was awesome. Mm. K2, I don't think anyone is going to disagree. K2 was the best. One of the best droids, man. <laughs> so um, sassy. But but there were certain elements that I was also like, I don't know about that. Uh, first and foremost, um, and this kind of there's a there's a two part to this. Okay. The music. So so good. So so dull. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hear me out now. Okay. Check this out. It actually, uh, now that I've downloaded the soundtrack and listened to it, yeah. Michael Giacchino is a master. Yes. <laughs> it really is really good music. Okay. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my first reaction to it was that it didn't. It felt like someone trying to do Star Wars. It felt yeah. like someone trying to do John Williams the best they could. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it didn't leap out at me. But the same thing happened with Force Awakens, where I didn't feel like Force Awakens had a good soundtrack yeah. until I started listening to the sound until I started listening to the score yeah. and hearing the themes and how much more subtle John Williams made the music of Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Now with Rogue One, initially walking out of the theater, I was disappointed by the music. I forgot that Alexander Desplat did the score of this film. Rogue One? Rogue One. It wasn't Giacchino? It was Giacchino because four weeks before the movie was released, yeah. they fired Alexander Desplat, <laughs> brought oh. Giacchino in, and okay. said, you have three weeks to score this film. Oh, yeah. Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so that alone is worth tons of cred. Yeah. That he managed to score from scratch an entire film mm-hmm. in three weeks. Yeah. That's amazing. And Giacchino is one of the greatest working composers right now. Yeah, I love this stuff. I think he started on Call of Duty games. <laughs> <laughs> His Star Trek stuff's great, too. Yeah. Uh, and, um, he did the score for Lost. Up. He, up. Yeah. yeah um, uh, Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love Giacchino. Prolific. Yeah. And it was it was going back and seeing it a second time and listening to the score that was like, you know what? 
this is a lot better than I initially gave it credit for. <laughs> and that's how I felt about a lot of the movie. A lot okay. of the stuff that I initially had like, uh, yeah, watching it a second time without the, the, the rose-colored glasses on allowed me to appreciate some of the stuff I didn't like okay. more. Um, you go. <laughs> talk I about something. Should we talk? Are we, are we doing positives and negatives or just <laughs> – Wherever your heart goes. <coughs> okay. I'll, I'll go positive since it's the holiday spirit. <laughs> um, holidays are over, man. But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead anyway. It's a really good cast. Mm-hmm. It's a really good cast. I thought Felicity Jones was perfect. Um, Donnie M was awesome too. He was like actually the funniest character. Donnie Yen? Yeah. Yes. He was the he was the funny character, which was like, well, this is kind of a nice surprise. <laughs> I thought the best line in the whole movie was like, "Are you kidding me? I'm blind." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it it certainly did not have the the humor of Episode Seven. Uh, oh no. Force yeah. Awakens was surprisingly a funny movie. Yeah. Like, weirdly funny yeah <laughs> um, what i loved about this tonally it, it's the darkest star wars film yeah. um there's a lot of really great sinister imagery mm-hmm. um i fanboyed when darth vader showed up <laughs> <laughs> however it did kind of brought the film to halt mm-hmm. and it was like i just wondered did he really need to be in the foreground he could have been like the he could have been the emperor-esque yeah. if you will for this film um but i mean he got he delivered a pun, which is awesome. <laughs> so we canonically, Darth Vader is a punster. He is. Yeah. He don't is. choke on your ambitions. Mm-hmm. He's now proven himself to uh, to be a pun punster. That's good. It was a bit forced. Candace audibly groaned. Ah, uh, I, mean, I thought was, it was so like she's like don't choke on your ambitions. She went oh. She was like, oh. <laughs> But hasn't he always been a punster? No, I can't think of any other time he had been that deliberately <laughs> funny. <laughs> but um, what else? What else? I, I it, it yeah. felt like wartime. Yes. Something that no other Star Wars has ever felt like mm. is that we were in the midst of a war. It was dirty. It was grimy. It was sandy. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Uh, it gets I hate sand. It gets everywhere. <laughs> Uh, I saw that thing that Bryce, <laughs> I thought you saw that thing that Bryce posted too. <laughs> Look, it felt like a war movie. One of the one of my issues with Revenge of the Sith episode mm-hmm. three is that the Clone Wars has been going on for how many years? Yeah, I'm sorry, it does not feel like anyone is suffering in this <laughs> galaxy far, far away. It's all very sterile. Yes, even in the opening battle sequence, which is one of the best parts of the prequel, mm-hmm. that uh, opening battle in Revenge of the Sith. But this movie felt like a war. Gosh. Yeah, you were on the ground for like the first time, sort of, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, but even traveling from planet to planet to planet and getting getting a look at other atmospheres in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that. Candace was complaining that they jumped around too much. Mm-hmm. And sure, in the first viewing, it they did that first half of the movie there. Boom, boom, boom. Here, 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 here. Uh, but it'll, it'll, it filled the galaxy out. Mm-hmm. We, we were visiting new places. Yeah. Tatooine wasn't in the movie. <laughs> Hooray. Hooray. And we only uh, got one lightsaber sequence. Tatooine isn't in Force Awakens. Yeah, but Jakku is basically Tatooine. <laughs> uh, how about that lightsaber sequence? Woo! <laughs> Vader just kicking this. Just, and you and you and you. It was a straight-up horror movie. And you know what? I... I had wondered if they would have some sort of battle sequence with Vader that would explain why he moves so slowly in Episode mm-hmm. Four. 
I, f- I kind of forgot that he he did get burned alive and three limbs cut off <laughs> in episode three, and the only kick flip invader we've seen since has been in video games. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't need to see him get his ass kicked and why he was moving so slow. Yeah. We saw it. In <laughs> <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Because it was pretty stiff the way he was kind of like, yeah. you know how Batman couldn't move his neck around? <laughs> when he's swinging the lightsaber and he's like, you're dead and you're dead. <laughs> Watch out for Darth when he's backing on the driveway. <laughs> but that, that was also a thing, man. I don't know, like, because in New Hope... You didn't need to see Darth do that. No, no. He no, sent again. He sent his minions, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just wondered if there was a significance important to have that scene there, other than fan service. Do you feel differently? Um, I do think the movie could have done either completely without Darth Vader mm-hmm. or more of Darth Vader. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that uh, the amount that they had was not enough, or too yeah, little. you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if if Vader was going to be a presence. You should have made him the present. Yeah. Screw Tarkin. Tarkin could have been in one hologram talking to Vader. You're right. Yeah. And that let, could have been, yeah. Let Vader be the main baddie. The main baddie. Hell, yeah. even when, like, I actually love Krennic. Krennic mm-hmm. is a great Star Wars villain, a type we've never seen before. Yeah. Because he's a, he is, he is an enemy among enemies. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he doesn't know who he can trust. Yeah. His greatest accomplishment is being taken away from him. Mm-hmm. I loved him interacting with Vader. To to see him have to interact with Vader instead of Tarkin mm. would have just upped that ante in him. Yeah, we're 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 rewriting history here. I do I do think it was brave as hell of them to do Tarkin. <laughs> <laughs> might as well talk about this now. So creepy. <laughs> I've always been on the fence, like ethically, about reanimating. We talked about dead this earlier. Yeah, you yeah. Said the necrophiliac filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> It was fun. I mean, the it's an achievement to be able to create that at all. So yeah, kudos to the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. They they're not there yet. Yeah, they're not there yet. It's the stuff in the shadows was fantastic, but when he stepped into the light, I was like, oh, Ooh, that, that's fake, that's <laughs> uncanny. <laughs> Polar Express. But you know what? I not that bad. <laughs> I accepted it. I I. As long as I didn't look at his lips, uh, it worked for me. Mm. Actually, it worked perfectly fine if I wasn't looking at him directly. <laughs> Just like <laughs> <laughs> peripherals. I was very put off by Leia. As soon as she turned around, like they showed her. I was like, yeah. cool. She turned around. I was like, oh, young Carrie. Ah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like she talked. <laughs> that would have been great if it was just a hologram. <sighs> Yeah, and again, we can't we can't rewrite history. Yeah, we're just rewriting. We, it. we do it all the time, anyway. <laughs> we do, we're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> well, I I want I would love to talk about what could have because I I thought this was a what could have film, mm-hmm. like missed opportunities, missed opportunities. Um, well, there's certainly a lot of stuff that didn't make it past the trailers. Yeah, that was so disappointing because there's so much iconic shots, especially with I rebel. Was I re- that in the movie? I rebel. The um, Tie Fighter coming up. On yeah, the- or. Um, her in the trooper gear and the lights were turning on behind her. That, that was the coolest shot in the trailer. <laughs> I thought I love Felicity Jones. I thought there's nothing wrong with casting her whatsoever. Mm-hmm. A lot of things. I, I felt the story didn't serve her character in a way where she was. She had a lot of importance, I guess. Like mm-hmm. she was just kind of another member. I, I will say this, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to piggyback on that. Okay. There's a missing 20 minutes of this movie. And I don't mean yeah. that because they cut stuff from the trailers. But from her going down into the bunker mm-hmm. and saw, saw finding her, yeah, 
and her waking up in prison. Mm-hmm. There's a missing 20 minutes there. A very important yeah. 20 minutes because to, to establish yeah. her more as a as a character, mm-hmm. to establish her relationship with Saw, yeah. and to establish why Saw is too much for the rebels. Yes, could all easily have been added in there in like a little 15, 20 minute, 15 minutes. Yeah, that's all you would need to to give us a instead of jumping to there mm. that little missing section there. And I'm and I wonder if that is something that was initially there something mm-hmm. that they cut to potentially add in through novelization mm-hmm. comic books or and and this is the fear this is the kind of the fear of the disney machine yeah that maybe they they left that section out for franchising Jin. yeah for franchising saw now saw is from clone wars and rebels mm-hmm. so he does have a history there and forrest whitaker is going to voice rebels which is yeah. awesome i love yeah. that. i love when actors do that that they that they are that appreciative of it, their or paid that well, <laughs> um, and and uh, Felicity Jones is contracted. She could do a second one. Ooh, and I'm I'm curious if that that little gap in time mm. could be filled. She I, survived. <laughs> no, <laughs> I did love the jumping around in time. That's something that you never get in a Star Star Wars before. This is true. It's always been very linear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I like that, um, but I, I agree with you that she yeah she was missing, and it was just not just her TC. I just felt like because like we were talking about how we were so appreciative of the Planet of the Apes trilogy is so character driven. Mm-hmm. This it felt like the the surface details was it made it appear to be character driven, but I never really got to truly know these people, and so when they died, it was more of like I felt bad for the way they died rather than. Yeah. I cared about them, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Because, like, in the trailer, they were listing all these things that Jin did, like criminal things. Yeah. I thought it added a lot of color to her character because she was she was not a rebel per se. She was a full-on criminal. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading some reshoot rumors about how they wanted to make her more empathetic rather than, like, uh, antagonistic. I think a more antagonistic character would have worked for her. Yeah, because then it's a redemption story. You want to see her redeem herself in her final moments. This is the this is the Dirty Dozen. You know, it's oh, it's God. the Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't feel like they were bad enough. This was supposed to be like the baddest of bad people in like the the galaxy. You know, not like bad guys per se, but mm-hmm. like they kick ass and they they don't. Because Cassian straight up murdered a guy yes. in the first yes. act, which was a cool character thing. Very cool. But I didn't really understand the context of that, you know, because nothing was explained after that or mm-hmm. before. Even I didn't know who that guy was. He the, just blew the, him away. <laughs> the most you get is you think you're the only one who's been through this. Mm-hmm. I've been fighting them since I was six yeah. years old. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, let's slow down for a second. Sit down and tell me that story. Yeah. Did you lose a wife? Did you lose a kid? Did you lose your family? Like, And, again, that goes to that fear of – is this for franchise purposes? Mm-hmm. Is this for expanded universe purposes? Yeah, that's a dangerous. That's a dangerous place to go. Give me, give me all the information now. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a great video essay about the plague that is the extended cut, because studios more and more are realizing, let's just put out whatever. Yeah, and then we can release the extended cut and make mm-hmm. more money. That'll be the movie you were meant to see. Yeah. No, the movie I'm meant to see is the one that you put in theaters. Okay? <laughs> Show me that movie. Yeah. Okay? Lord, uh, Peter Jackson refuses to call the extended editions his director's cuts. Yeah. Because the director's cuts are the movies you see on the screen in mm-hmm. the theater. Christopher Nolan doesn't release extended cuts because the movie he released is the movie he made. Yeah. And it's such a studio way of thinking when you 
like, uh, we'll release Suicide Squad, and then we'll release the extended cut, and then we'll release the Joker cut. And then it's rated R. Yeah. It's That's such cool. a cool. milking technique. Yeah. Because, like, it, it does wh- – whatever the reason was, whether it's the reshoots, whether it's studio interference or whatnot, mm-hmm. it sapped the power of what this film could have been. Because, like, there were images of them running on the beach. Slow-mo. To, like, together, <laughs> you know? And they were offed individually, like, mm-hmm. elsewhere. And I don't know. I would have loved there was, – that's the other thing in regards to the character-driven uh, critique. The camaraderie, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel the camaraderie. I don't think these characters – like, we didn't get to know them, and they didn't get to know each other. <laughs> that's kind of the problem, you know, and like – And there's hints of it, though. There, there, yeah. There are, there are those great – did you just see it the one time? Yeah, I just saw okay. it one time. Yeah. Um, there's, there's great moments that kind of flew past me the first time. That the mm-hmm. second time I saw it was like – that says so much and so little. Yeah. Uh, at a moment, you probably remember this is when, um, not Donnie Yen, his his partner, says "Good luck, little sister." Yeah. And that's such a sweet moment mm-hmm. that they they bonded in the time in the short time they exist on screen together. That he he found okay. So here's some history about these characters. Now okay. this this certainly comes from novel novelization and. Uh, knowing more than what the movie presents, but Danny Yen and his partner were guards of the Jedi Jedi Temple. They, oh. they are protectors of the Kyber crystals. I didn't even know that. <laughs> when the temple fell, yeah, they lost their jobs mm-hmm. and they had nothing left to protect. Yeah, and so they are they are rogues. They are mercenaries on Jedi that protect people. They are a police force without any without any uh, authority. Mm-hmm. So. Having uh, Jin show up and give them purpose, yeah. they now have an authority to answer to a someone to police to police for someone yeah. to protect, and that that's amazing. And it says it explains their characters so much. They yeah, have to be like, why would they gravitate to her because they feel the force in her, or mm-hmm. uh, Donnie Yen's character feels the force in her. And I loved those two, Donnie and, and I'm afraid I can't know his name. So. What was, I don't even know his character's name. <laughs> Machine gun guy. Machine gun guy. <laughs> Machine blaster they, guy. They, that is an amazing characteristic that's very – It's the details are small. Yeah. But once you see the details in their characters, like, that's pretty freaking great. Yeah. See, but, you telling me that is more fascinating than anything <laughs> they put on screen. And, like, I'm not just simply blaming Disney. I feel like Gareth Edwards has always – because I didn't like Godzilla all no. that much either. Yeah. There's just something missing from he's he's a visually fantastic director mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there's no scope like no one else. Yes, this was a huge film. But I just, even creating scope in the imagery. Yeah, like those ATATs. That's the scariest they've ever been. That was so good. <laughs> but you're right. He he he's more of a visually motivated director yeah. as opposed to a character driven director. I would have loved if this was more contained. Not necessarily a bottle film per se. Mm-hmm. But war films always feel super contained. Saving Private Ryan, they were on foot the entire time. They were just marching from beach to beach or whatever. I Maybe one planet would have been nice. And also, Bryce brought up something that I thought this would have made the movie ten times better. Because, you know, Star Wars, uh, at least the can- canonical films, mm. features, have always been about daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was not as emotionally impactful as I wanted it to be, especially since they set it up so early. And since it's so consequential, he's the build of the Death Star, uh, Mad Mickelson's character. Mm-hmm. Um, Galen. Galen Ursel. I thought he should have been the main baddie. That, that in the end, he actually was doing it? like Yeah. Or at least 
have her confront him in a way where I'm not just trying to save you. You know, I'm like I'm trying to save humanity from you. Mm-hmm. I thought there's more. There would have been more stake there, at least emotionally. Because um, like when he died, it was it was nice. But then again, I thought about how I got pulled in emotionally. It was the music. It was um, the way it was comp- the composition of that scene. Yeah, more so than these characters. You know, like I don't know if I'm being harsh, but no, that's no. just how I felt. I, I understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thematically taking a, like sitting back thinking about it the movie the the whole of the movie is 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 uh is built on trust yes that every character has trust issues and they don't know who to trust i, I mean that goes from jin not knowing who to trust uh, the rebellion not being able to trust in saw um Yen and his partner trusting in jin mm. them trusting in each other k2 all but forced to trust Cassian. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cassian and Jin having to trust that K2, like K2 sacrifice is the best sacrifice yeah. in the movie. Um, Krennic, not being able to trust the very villains he's working for. Yeah. Uh, that is, is through all, like through the whole movie, trust, 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 and how to earn it, trusting in the people around you and trusting in the force. Mm-hmm. And that, focusing in on that theme really sells the movie for me. Yeah. And uh and their demises, like everyone's demise as a product of the trust they put into to what they put their trust into. Everyone everyone died having finally put their trust fully into something or someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, K2 finally died robotic as he might be putting his full trust into Jin and casting and the mission. Yeah. Uh, Krennic died losing all his trust in the very thing that he created. Like, mm-hmm. that's such a poetic death. Yeah. <laughs> that he has to look upon his Death Star killing him. Um, and all those elements, I'm, thumbs up. Yeah. It's the some of the fan service moments that Ooh. actually are detrimental to the film. Yeah. It's... It's a, a a bit of Vader is maybe a little too much. The three PO R two D two C. I loved Golden Red Leader reusing the footage. From oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for mm-hmm. Golden Red Leader. Yeah, was so it's genius. <laughs> yes, why wouldn't they be the leaders of this of this uh, of the X Wings? Yeah, that's so great. Yeah. As soon as they popped up, that was the geekiest moment I had. Right, like <laughs> the cannons. I was like, that's the what they for New Hope. <laughs> I would love to have seen Biggs or Porkins yes. or, or Wedge, but mm. whatever. I Wedge. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. Uh, oh my god, that's right. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, okay. One thing that I hate that they do in action movies over and over again, and this must have been a reshoot thing <laughs> because how Krennic arrived in the trailers was he was on he was on the beach. Mm-hmm. You don't see him in the. Uh, the tower just yet. Yeah. We didn't get to see that in the movie. But um bad guy having the good guy gunpoint and monologuing until other good guys shoot said bad guy. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that for the climax? Uh, <laughs> happens all the time. I hate it so much, TC. <laughs> I, I know that's unfair, but I don't know what to tell you. It's just it's just one thing where I just wish we break out of. That and the flying trash in the air. <laughs> Well, there was no flying trash in the air in this one, right? Thank God. <laughs> it's oh, just a Bodhi. giant ball. Bodhi, the pilot. Yeah, uh, Bodhi. Trying, I love the the bit about trying to plug in 
the communications dish, mm. there there was a really nice balance of. This is something people have been struggling with since Return of the Jedi, yeah. having a three point battle mm. and having the three point battle matter. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, um, uh, uh, GI Joe tried it. Um, they tried doing it in uh, Phantom Menace. Um, there's been successful uses of the three point battle in Rogue Nation. No, not Rogue Nation. Ghost Protocol. Yes, because there's a three-point battle happening to try to get to that climax there. Mm-hmm. And Rogue One did it. Like, they had a great, the, the above battle going on with Jin and Cassian and Bodhi trying to plug in the communication disc. That was great. Like, all those elements and, like, the the urgency was yeah. there. And, that, and, and they were all striving towards the same goal. Yeah. Like, the biggest thing about Phantom Menace was, like, I just want to watch Qui-Gon and Darth Maul <laughs> battle. <laughs> <laughs> so I have had, I've had, had people ask me, say, uh, you know, who's better, a, a Rogue One or, or Force Awakens? Yeah, and I'm I'm reaching a point now where I don't think you can just specifically say, well, this is better than this. It's almost so apples and oranges. It's there yeah. are elements of each that are better than the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I've a this is not necessarily Rogue One related, but I don't think I can tell you my favorite marvel movies anymore mm. i think it'll be easier for me to just tell you what my favorite phase of marvel is <laughs> was it the last one and uh, phase two i think because okay. winter soldier and guardians of the galaxy were oh, yeah. in there so and iron man three yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what's coming down to now it's like well there's 15 of these movies yeah i'm afraid i'm gonna have to do this a different way now <laughs> <laughs> so like with Ro- rogue one had some amazing stuff that was yeah. superior to Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. But Force Awakens had some superior stuff to Rogue One. Absolutely. I think we can just all agree they're both better than the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> can we just agree on that? <laughs> Although, technically, this is a prequel. Yes, it is. This it is. is. And now, now, now I ask you, what order do you watch oh, these man. movies in? Well, I just completely skipped the prequels and then... Just start here? <laughs> start Rogue One? <laughs> that, that would be a hell of an order, actually. I yeah. I honestly think now it used to be I'd say you know go four five one two or three six seven. I at this point I think now there's there's too many of them and you got to watch them in numerical order. Ah, uh. I, I really think that the if you're gonna watch them all, you might as well watch them one two three Rogue One four five six. Seven. Okay. I think that's that's just what it is now. And and it's going to get harder. Yeah. Where's the Han Solo movie going to fit in? I... It's going to take place before Rogue One. What? Because it's younger Han Solo. So will it be after Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. Okay. It'll be somewhere in that 20-year gap. Okay. You do realize there's a chance that any one of the Rogue One characters can show up in Han Solo, right? Oh, man. You think Jin? No. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> my buddy Jim was like, no, don't do that. Don't ruin my favorite Star Wars. This is where it gets too much. Like, my brother was kind of complaining about it. He's not into movies as I am. Mm-hmm. But we grew up loving Star Wars. But he kind of, he made a great point about the great thing about the Star Wars experience is the anticipation of it. We waited decades for Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And then some people, other people waited decades for Phantom Menace. Right. It it takes the magic out of it once it's once a year and you know and and it's kind of like a crapshoot too in quality like mm-hmm. it's a roll of the dice whether it's like I I didn't particularly enjoy Rogue One I liked maybe a third of it mm-hmm. but now I see like okay this is this we are we're entering an era where there's too much Star Wars I never thought I'd say that <laughs> in my life but I think it's coming true <laughs> it it that is an interesting way to to kind of dissect this I 
feel the Marvel franchise works because Marvel is presenting their movies as though they were presenting seasons of a TV series. Yeah. That's an argument I've made on this cast earlier mm. uh, and, and previous episodes is that the the Marvel sandbox is giving you seasons of a TV series. Yeah. The phases are seasons and that the Avengers movies are the finales. Mm-hmm. And that's super clever and it works. Yeah. And the way they're building this universe does work as you can just binge watch season at a time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> with force with Star Wars I don't think they've this was an experiment. Yeah. And they are going to have to figure out exactly how they want to do this. I I don't think one a year is a good idea. Yeah. Maybe every the, other year? Every other year. Yeah. Every other year can handle. Every three years is Kind of too long of a wait because that's, <laughs> that's what the prequels were. Were every three years, yeah. Maybe two years is that is that pocket right there. Just enough time to get over it, get <laughs> over the previous one, relax from the and build anticipation. However, mm-hmm. if the movie is incredible, then that anticipation remains. Yes, I'm still anticipating eight. Like I am. Oh yeah. I'm looking oh for sure. Eight. Yeah. <laughs> and that that goes to that every other year kind of attitude. I also wanted you. I also wanted to know how you feel about this too, because I think you and I have lamented about this on the cast that the Star Wars feature films are still just far, just too tied to the Skywalker legacy. Yeah, yeah. Like even this to an extent, like it's still a team on a mission to blow up the Death Star mm-hmm. type of thing. There's like just, it's, it's still really connected. It's not. This is not separated from. Yeah. This is this is married fully. Yeah. To. Star Wars. Like, Han Solo's movie will probably be, uh, I'm assuming here, the most departed from the franchise. Okay. Um, because Rogue One is completely dependent. I mean, it ends with Princess Leia. Darth yeah. Vader's in there. Tarkin's in there. The, mm. the Death Star's in This is really connected. Yeah. The more disconnected it had been, the better it would have been. Yeah. It was weighed down by... that. I think that's the reason why the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies differ mm-hmm. in terms of like releasing one per year and you can't really make the argument, well, Marvel can do it. Well, Marvel well, does two a year, three yeah, a year. Yeah, totally. And the thing is, Marvel's based on something else mm-hmm. and I feel like these movies are so, they have to, they're weighed down by the original trilogy yeah. and, um, and and in turn, it kind of thins out material mm-hmm. and I also think, um, now that I think about it, going back to the question about which order you would watch it in, mm-hmm. I think if I had a kid, I'd still start with A New Hope because, like, even though Rogue One is, like, before um, on a timeline, yeah, there's still, like, the callbacks and stuff like that. It's You have to watch New Hope first to understand the callbacks and all mm-hmm. that stuff. That's the that's the dangers of prequels. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I just did a review of Temple of Doom. And though Temple of Doom does file, have a few a few of those prequelitis problems – such as like the two thuggy guards waving the sword and Indiana Jones not having his gun. Yeah, uh, you could write that off as that's why he had a gun in Raiders of the Lost Ark because he learned his lesson. <laughs> uh, but a lot of prequels fall into this really terrible place of forcing these connections to the first. Mm. That's the prequels didn't have to end with the Death Star getting built. Yeah, it didn't have. We didn't need that explanation. The Hobbit movies. Spent way too much time trying to build up Fellowship of the Rings. Like, yeah, you didn't have to do that. It could be its own story. Uh, that's there's a way to connect these into a universe without 
married, it's just, like, it's just ingraining them into having to see one over the other or this is connected to this. I hope the Han Solo movie is just Han, Lando, running away from Boba Fett and like they have, it's not leading up to him meeting it ends with him landing on Mos Eisley Cantina. Like I, yeah. I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> like uh, I'm, I am gonna uh, TC Thomas it again. I'm gonna throw it out there. I, mm-hmm. I may have said it before. Ray will be a Kenobi, so that they can officially announce an Obi Wan movie, and then just give me an Obi Wan movie with uh, with uh, Joel Edgerton and Ewan McGregor, and it had <laughs> very little to do. Little baby Luke is sick. Owen takes it to Obi-Wan and says, what am I going to do? He's got some sort of force sickness. They go on a little adventure together. Can't use my Jedi powers. Oh, I've been pushed too far. Saber's out. He's a Jedi. Get him. Oh, oh, I'm going to get hurt. Okay, you almost hurt the bait. You know what? I'm mad at you, you old wizard. You stay away from my family. He's my son now. I never want to see your face again. Okay, yeah. love you. Bye. <laughs> Obi-Wan. Unforgiven. Obi-Wan edition. Let's do this. I think what I really want for a standalone movie, TC, mm-hmm. is to be like hundreds of years after uh, wherever this, wherever the Force Awakens trilogy is going to be. Mm-hmm. I read a really cool comic. I think we talked about this before. But I read a really cool comic about the Crimson Empire. The, uh, Dark the, Red, the Red Guard. The Red Guard. Yeah, yeah it was uh, hundreds of years after Darth Vader and then the Empire fell and stuff like that. So these guards are just kind of like wandering Ronins. They're masterless samurais. Mm-hmm. And they don't fight with lightsabers. They fight with, like, actual blades now. So it's almost like a reverse – it's almost like they de-evolved into cavemen. Yeah. Like, technology was all lost because everything was wiped out and whatnot for whatever reason. I don't remember. But I thought that was such a fascinating explorer because we always think that as time progresses, everything's just going to advance along with it. Mm -hmm. What if, you know, we get wiped out or whatever, humankind has to rebuild – no, the Crimson Empire. Yeah. There it is. I thought I thought that was such <laughs> a, a cool story. Very Dark Tower esque, as yeah. a matter of fact, mm-hmm. because that's the premise of Dark Tower is that oh. we're so far past the apocalypse that we've we've lost technology. We've we've de- not devolved as human beings, yeah, but uh, politically, socially, uh, economically, technologically devolved. Yes, it'll never happen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I knew well, it. I, I, I don't know if you want to keep talking about Rogue One, but I actually have a tweet that ties in. Yeah, I would love to keep talking about it. Uh, well, let me yeah, – let's see here. Okay. This is a tweet from uh, Yorick, at Yorick on Twitter. Would the prequels be better if Anakin was just a passing character, a background character, or only mentioned? Would the – would this is exactly what we're talking about. Depart it from the canon – yeah, the, not from the canon, from the from the timeline we all know. I yes, York. The answer is yes. <laughs> the, the there there's better stories to tell if you just depart from the story we already know. Mm-hmm. Tell I I can remember reading Tales of the Masai's the Cantina. It was a a collection of short stories about all the creatures in the Cantina from New Hope. Yeah, and they each have their own little history and story, and it's and it's essentially their lives up to the point. And after the point of the bar. Yeah, that's so cool. Like, one of the short stories starts with seeing Han kill Greedo. Okay. And then following that character out the door. Mm. Another one is about the band and, and where they've performed. <laughs> Friggin' Dan and the model nodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greedo, hearing his life story. Like, there's... I mean, he'd be really connected to being killed by Han. But Oh, sorry. Quick, quick note. This year will mark... 
Greedo will have shot Han first longer than oh. Han ever shot Greedo first. Wow. We will now crossing over. Now it's Greedo has done it longer. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> so what, what you, blasphemous. What do you think of York's question? Could the prequels be better? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it. Would Star Wars be better if it was? If you, <laughs> we already know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree. Um, have them be the antagonist. They're, you're at a Jedi Academy. It's like a coming of age film. It could be even Star Wars. And John Hughes directed by John Hughes, <laughs> <laughs> and and Anakin's not necessarily the bully. He could be like you know. Just a misunderstood figure mm-hmm. who goes dark because of tragic circumstances. I think that's more fascinating than following Anakin on his journey. Because, like, the biggest problem was here's the biggest, baddest villain of all time in any medium. Mm-hmm. And you, like, de-eviled him. <laughs> I don't, I'm so whiny. I'm so whiny. Because I'm all about the empathetic villain. Yeah. But... They just took the cool out of him, you know. Yeah, he he was a cold blooded mother effort. The you know? mystery, the in the mystery of someone is much yeah. more interesting than the truth of someone. I never wanted to know Wolverine's origin. I never wanted to know Gambit's origin. <laughs> I don't want to know. It's better. You don't need to know. I don't need to know. It's uninteresting. Like it, like I'm sure up to our point in our own lives, whatever happened 20 years ago was less interesting than what's happening right, <laughs> right now. now. <laughs> I don't want to see the Joker eating a sandwich. Like, well, you don't have to show every little thing right. in a movie. Like, you made the perfect analogy a long time ago on set. It's like, well, when we were thinking of shots and stuff like that, you don't have to show the foot going into the shoe mm-hmm. to make sense of why the character's wearing the shoe in the first place. Right. And I totally <laughs> apply that analogy to the Anakin Skywalker character. I feel like even if he wasn't there... It would be nice. Just mention it. It's almost like James Potter or whatever. You know, he wasn't there, but he was a presence. Yeah, you know, his his presence was felt, even though he was an actual character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to to have a character hear about the uh, an attack on the Jedi's. Yeah, like what's happening? The Jedi's are dropping. Like I'm losing contact with them. Mm. And then having the revelation be, Anakin Skywalker did this. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it might have taken. It might have made it better by not making a laser swords the movie too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I we will get Star Wars forever. There's yes. we will never see the last one. <laughs> but the, York, uh, you may have gathered from our conversation even before asking your answering your question that yes, the 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 stories would be better without Skywalkers, without with them just being passing mentions. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I have another tweet, but I'll save it for later because it has nothing to do with Star Wars okay. at all. <laughs> but it's going to be a fun question to answer. Um, you, do you have to? I actually have a question to pose for you because um, this year, out of all years, I feel like we're getting the most prequel sequels and reboots and stuff like that. It and seems like that every year, but continue. It just seems like more. Maybe I'm just looking at it through like uh, pessimistic eye, <laughs> eyeballs, but I don't know. What? Where do you think about remix culture? Because that just seems like – because I was talking to a lot of millennial friends too. They're just like having this really romanticized feeling of having 90s things or having 90s – 80s things come back. Even though they weren't even – some of these kids were were born in the 2000s or whatever. This is perfectly common. When I was in high school – there was a, a, a kind of a wave in my school of girls dressing like hippies. Like, oh, really? Getting bell bottoms, flower power, all that. Like, there was like a trend of that for yeah. a while. It was maybe it was localized to just my small town, but there was this run of 
the swingers, uh, the swinging, um, swing dancing came back for a spell. Oh the, no way! Yeah, <laughs> the fifties came like to the, Kenosha late. <laughs> the, the late? No, no. This was this was not Kenosha. This yeah. was national. Oh, they, okay. Uh, Gap did ads with people doing swing dancing. Do you think it's cherry pop daddies and and what's it? Was it because of Greece or no, no? Because Greece is set in the fifties. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was there was this this in, reinsurgence of. Swing, yeah. Gap did an ad with it. Uh, um, Cherry Pop and Daddies. It came, and then Ska was a thing for a while. <laughs> it was all revolved around this like weird resurgence of of big band and swing dancing. Yeah, uh, the hippie girls that uh, were in my theater department for a short time, and now there are these kids who are like. Love in the eighties yeah. when they weren't even alive in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. It just goes through phases. What what was in vogue goes out and then comes back in. Mm-hmm. Everything comes around in cycles. So interesting. But cinematically, yeah. what you I believe you were asking is like remix filmmaking mm-hmm. and whatnot. It is. I don't know if if there ever will be an era of wholly original filmmaking anymore mm. because the. As technology has, has gotten better and filmmaking has changed because of that technology and the filmmakers making films. Yeah. And are, demand's different too. Yeah. Are yeah. all are all wanting to be the greats that they loved. I'm perfectly one hundred percent guilty of that. I want to be as good as the as the filmmakers I love. Look at someone like Spielberg, mm. who is not the best director anymore, mm. quote unquote. Because he's still doing his thing. Yeah. He is not remixing. He is not drawing inspiration from anyone other than Hitchcock, mm-hmm. which is what he built his career upon. And you won't see people mimicking Spielberg. Not really. Surely there will. I would love to mimic Spielberg as much <laughs> as possible. But in the in the grand scheme of things, people are going to want to be cool and, and Tarantino and <laughs> Michael Bay. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Nolan. We we obviously are gigantic Christopher Nolan fans. <laughs> I don't know if there can be original filmmaking anymore. Even Inception, yeah. as I mark Inception as one of the last original films to do really well. Yeah. But even that, you can see elements of the Matrix in there. Yeah. I mean, definitely, I don't know. I don't know if I count influences, but like blatant just old titles coming to life or like spinoffs of old titles and stuff like that. Um, cause never, uh, I'm really... sorry. I see you said remix. I, yeah. I just assumed you meant like paying homage too much. Oh yeah. No, sorry. I probably should have prefaced with that. Cause I mean like in a million years, I would never thought rogue one would exist. <laughs> <laughs> and what I... you mean like we got a Mad Max. Yeah. Well, Mac, Mad Max was dope. Um, we, we had a point break. Yes. We have, <laughs> I totally forgot. That. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about these constant remakes, reboots and, it's you know what we've said a million times, man. Uh, name recognition—that's it. Yeah, that's what people want. And I'm just wondering, like, film is so different now. Like, people don't appreciate film the way that way that we do anymore. And and more and more, like, I talk to people, especially young folks, they don't even watch movies. <laughs> they're all, they're completely streaming everything, yeah. and it's all serialized and stuff like that, which is really cool. But Strangers I, thing, Stranger Things yes. was amazing. I didn't get to watch it yet. I watched the pilot, and I was like, I forgot to pick it back up, but you yeah. liked it a lot. Oh, yeah. I thought that would be your jam. <laughs> Spielberg and Stephen King. Yes. The TV show. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But um, I don't know. It's just maybe I am romanticizing the past too much because I do wish – 
I had like a Casablanca or whatever, or like mm-hmm. experiencing The Godfather. I can't even imagine what it was like to experience The Godfather in a movie theater on 35 millimeter opening night. You know, yeah, like, I I think the closest equivalent you could have to watching that unfold, Godfather one and two, mm-hmm. as a contemporary thing would probably be Breaking Bad. Yes. Watching Breaking Bad unfold, mm-hmm. just in similar explorations of antiheroes. Yes. Um. Uh, interestingly, watching the exploration of an anti-hero that I think is in the same vein as Walter White and uh, Don Draper mm-hmm. to a different extreme is uh, um, Taylor Schilling on Orange is the New Black. Piper. Oh, you're still watching it? I, we've we've watched all four seasons now. Okay. What do yeah. you think? I, I stopped after season one because I thought it fell off the cliff a little bit. <laughs> the, the fact that so much of it, and this is based on Googling and whatnot, is based on real events <laughs> – Whoa. Like this is based on her memoirs. Yeah. And Piper Ka- Ka- Kamen, Kaiman, Kaper, whatever. <laughs> Chapman. Pi- no, was it Chapman? Ch- Chapman's her name oh, on the yeah, show. The, 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 the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Uh, but this is based on her actual memoirs yeah. of being in a woman's prison and Whoa. the events she faced. And I'm I'm really intrigued by that. And the season two and three, like exploring not just – because she's the backbone of the, of the series – once they start exploring other characters and whatnot, I, I'm, it's a really, really well done show. Okay. It's a show that is using to a better degree the format that Lost solidified as a as a way of telling serialized television. Oh, like flashbacks and yeah. flashwords yeah. and stuff. Okay, um, freaking Lost. <laughs> <laughs> but with with uh, regards to the constant remakes and reboots. We've we've seen you, we've planted the apes. We'll go back to saying it again. There yeah. is a way to return to these names you remember and finding a way to turn them into something fresh and compelling mm. and different enough. Yes. So I th- I think it just comes down to what is motivating the creation of the piece. Mm. What is what is trying to be said? Is it dollars and cents? Like. Many many movies are made to to just be yeah. Or is there an element of fun just trying to be put out there? Is there some sort of social commentary trying to be put out there? It all comes. It's all rooted in why. Yeah. Why? Why does this exist? Why are you spending so much time on this? Is it a paycheck? Is there something you're trying to say? And the best movies are trying to say or do something more than. Cha-ching. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, I'm just going to use it, if they had spent more time trying to say something with Batman versus Superman mm. instead of trying to say something different <laughs> than the other guy, yeah, it would have been a better movie. Mm-hmm. It would have been the movie we all hoped it was. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So it just comes down to that. So I think we will. There will never. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever see an end to this. Yeah. Rebooting. 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 James Bond will get rebooted. Thanks a lot, Casino Royale. <laughs> uh, you think you can do it once? <laughs> Batman Begins. What? What would be? What? I think we've talked about this before. What was it? What? What tipped? What tipped the scales? Everyone, at least most critics, have always um, used Batman Begins as the point where we, they, like, studio execs started thinking, "Oh, that works. Maybe we'll try with this." The, the tipping yeah. point into. <laughs> Reboot. Mm-hmm. So that was eleven years ago. 
It's been 11 years of this. <laughs> There's certainly been reboots before. Yes. The James Bond franchise was built upon reboots. Mm-hmm. That's just – that's decades of filmmaking right yeah. there. Um, King there, Kong. Yeah. There, there is something about Batman Begins, I think, really is that, that turning point. Yeah. It's, uh, it's taking an old, uh, tired, yet recognizable franchise, but – Putting a fresh spin on it. Well, you know what? This goes perfectly into that other tweet I had. Oh, yes. <laughs> I like segues. Great. I like that they're building themselves. Okay. This is from Nikki's Face. Ooh, I like it. If there was a fourth Nolan Batman. Oh, my God. Which villain would you do? Oh, man. There's so many possibilities. I think you have to rule out like fantastical villains like Man Bat and Clayface. Mm-hmm. As much as I love them, as much as I want to see them in the universe, they yeah. would not work in the Nolan's universe. They, you got It's it is grounded in a reality. Yeah. Granted, you have the Scarecrow. You mm-hmm. do have um, Bane with his respirator. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be like a element of pragmatism mm-hmm. for it to work, and so I don't think those two would work. Well, I mean, um, there's there's Riddler. Um, I, I even put a pitch in for Scarface. <laughs> Scarface. <laughs> you did put a pitch in for Which Scarface. Which is ridiculous. A man yeah. with a puppet. The ventriloquist yeah. and Scarface are that, – that, that's kind of silly. Yeah. There is something uh, – the animated series did it best where mm-hmm. it's like there's something sad about this crazy person. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I don't know if that series. could drive a whole film, of course. Yeah. I – I'm not in the Riddler camp more so because I think they took a lot of cool things about the the Riddler and they applied it to the Joker and the mm-hmm. Dark Knight. Like so many of those um, seven moments, mm-hmm. you know, they ended up doing in the Dark Knight. So I thought it would be too much of a rehash, even though that's like a very popular fan villain that they want to come back and stuff. I right. love, I love a female villain. Mm. I love female more villain. than. Talia. <laughs> her entire arc was completely undercut with that dumb twist. Just make her Talia throughout the whole movie. Well, you could have an eco-terrorist in yeah. Poison Ivy. That would be cool. To have uh, Poison Ivy be not just a crazy plant lady, but actually having some sort of eco-terrorism, yeah. a green terrorist. Uh, mm-hmm. Hell, you know what? Give give it a super like liberal spin. Like She's a liberal <laughs> villain. She's this green piece. As if these movies aren't spun to be right-wing <laughs> movies already. <laughs> You know what? This is ex- this is particularly hard to answer. Not like as a fan, I would love like billions of. There's a million villains I want on yeah, screen. Yeah. But the character arc of Bruce Wayne was tied so nicely in these three movies that all these characters, mm-hmm. all these villains, weren't just there just to be there. They challenged him in a way that made him grow mm-hmm. to become the Batman that he is. And so, I think if you're gonna do any kind of Batman movie, it has to be set way into the future. Like he's an old grizzled guy. Well, yeah. uh, to to have Nolan come back and do like a Batman Begins, yeah, would be amazing. I, you do bring up a fair point, though. Mm. If there was a fourth fourth Nolan movie, you'd follow Blake. Yes, yes. Blake would be your main character. Bruce Wayne wouldn't even be in the movie. Yeah, and I, I would love that. That there you go. That's mm. that would be a challenge beyond challenge to have that much faith in a filmmaker and a property yeah. that you could do it without Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Without Alfred, yeah. Without you could have Commissioner Gordon. Gordon could still be in it. That's that's kind of your like uh, your 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 carryover character. But what 
story could be told about Blake as Batman? Who is his first true challenge as Batman? Would he be Batman or would he be Nightwing? He, he's Batman. Yeah, okay. The Dark Knight Rises, Ben. Okay. <laughs> this is true. The whole third movie this is, true. is built upon the fact that anyone can be Batman. Yes. Batman is the symbol this city needs. Mm. And so to have him be Nightwing, to have him be Robin, that defeats the whole purpose behind yeah. the mantle that he inherited. Okay. <clears throat> so then it's then it's a question of like what sort of villain would Blake go up against? I think thematically for me, I would love to see this. It's a character who challenged – it will be about identity. Right. A villain that challenges Blake in a way to say, you're not Batman and you'll never be Batman. Mm-hmm. It could be like a seasoned veteran of some sort. It could be even Slade. That would be kind of tight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just kicks his ass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought Bane – Bane could have been a good villain, too, for a Blake story. Yeah. Like, though... so you're saying Bane didn't get killed in the end? Well, yeah, because... You know what? You're... you're... Yeah. I'm sorry, you're onto something. Yeah, because Bane, in a way, because... See, this is the disappointing part about Dark Knight Rises that I wanted to see more was Bane's origins, because mm-hmm. him and Bruce had a similar trajectory, but Bane represents a thing about Bruce. If, if you went fully dark, if you really committed to all your inner demons, you would have become Bane. Yeah. And Bane would have been the antithesis of Batman. Well, when yeah. did when did Dark Knight Rises come out? 2012. 2012. Okay. So, so let's say, let's, let's, let's plan this Nolan fourth film <laughs> for... Four years from now. Okay. Okay. We're going we're going twenty twenty. We're going twenty twenty one, right? Yeah. DC is like, we screwed up, let's just go back to the well, let's do a fourth Batman movie, let's get Joseph Gordon Levitt back. He uh, Blake has successfully become Batman in Gotham City mm-hmm. for five years. Okay. And then you bring the Riddler in. Okay. Because the Riddler would know you're not Batman. Ooh, who would the Riddler be? Though? And then, and then I'm not, and I. It wouldn't be a crazy Riddler. Yeah, it wouldn't be a brute force Riddler. It'd be a psychological fight. Yeah, and the and the, this clean cut, beautiful clean suit, obsessive compulsive, uh, John Glover voiced Riddler from the animated series, Crazy Man. Yeah, throwing mini challenges at okay Batman to See. prove. So then, then it's not. It's it's a uh, to. Talking about identity, mm-hmm. um, Blake could have lost himself in trying to become that Bruce Batman, right? Yeah. Uh, have him face all these challenges, re- uh, realize that he's lost himself in the role of Batman, because then you know how you end that movie? He becomes Nightwing. Nightwing, yes! Yep. There we go, boom, <laughs> that's finds, the movie. He finds his own identity in the end, because yeah. it's even that final confrontation, you're right, mm-hmm. I'm not Batman. Yeah. Take the mask off, kick some ass. Embrace the new identity. Nightwing begins. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go fo- so far as to call it that. But you would be able to explore identity. You'd be able to throw Batman against a bunch of little villains mm-hmm. to going up against the main villain, which is which is Edward Nigma. Yeah. There you go. That's that that could be explored really well. That'd be really cool. And and that fits into the Nolan universe of exploring character mm-hmm. and inner demons. Yes. What do you think about <laughs> this? Might be there. You way... go, Nikki Face. <laughs> Nikki Face. <laughs> this might be just way out there. But what if, what if the Riddler wasn't a, a person? What if it was an AI program? Oh boy, that'd be kind of interesting. Hard act territory. Yeah, here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was like one of the cooler things about the animated series was not all of the the villains had a physical manifestation. Mm. It was like it was a program. <laughs> 
Interesting. That could have been. That could be like a cool spin on the character because mm-hmm. I. I don't know. I just can't visually see the Riddler in a Nolan universe. Well, he I mean, didn't. He doesn't have to be in the bright green question mark <laughs> suit. You're just. You got Jim Carrey's face in your head. Yeah. <laughs> he could just as easily be in a, a black suit. Yes. And his name is Edward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they've approached Riddler in Gotham as a TV series at least through season one and, and what I've seen in season two, he's not wearing the green. He's not wearing the, the question marks at all. He's yeah. just a dude in a lab coat. Okay. And with, with horn-rimmed glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there is a way to ground it okay. into a reality. And, like, think about uh, uh, Selina mm-hmm. in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. She's not Catwoman. They don't even call her that. She's, she's the cat. She's the cat, and she goes by Selina. Mm-hmm. And she's a representation of that character, yeah. of, of Catwoman. Uh, it's just like Blake being a representation of many different variations of Robin. Mm-hmm. I wish they hadn't called him Robin, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and having a Blake Batman adventure where he, he has to find his own identity. Mm-hmm. That's my sell to you. Ben. There you go. <laughs> I'd watch that. And then you do a fifth movie with uh, – with, then you can bring in a female villain. <laughs> okay. Slade. We got to see Slade. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can wrap it up here. All right. Uh, thank, uh, thanks for having this long conversation here. Yeah, man. It's great to be back in the saddle. Yeah. Happy holidays, yeah. everybody. Uh, so for those of you who might be interested, you could check us out on, if you go to face, uh, on Facebook. You can follow Firmament Films on Facebook, uh, which is now Firmament Redacted. The name has been changed officially. New era. Uh, you can follow Ben at The Band With No Name. No No Name Films on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Benjitos, B-E-N-J-I-T-O-E-S. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, any commentary you might have about Rogue One, about the, the post-mortem uh, in memoriam we've discussed, uh, some of the news and trailers. We had a lot of catch-up in this episode, so yeah. <laughs> any comments. <laughs> we will be back again with our best of 2016, which will be interesting because at this point, I don't have a list. <laughs> oh, no. What, what number are you at? I'm at seven. Oh, wow. Okay. It's another tough year of film. <laughs> <laughs> Time to dig through those indies and international uh, bins. Yeah. So, anyhow, those of you listening, uh, get your list ready as well, because we're always interested in seeing what the, the listeners have to say. All right. But with that said, I think that's all, right, Ben? That's all, folks. All right. I'm TC DeWitt. Ben, across the table for me. Boop. Keep doing what you're doing, folks. Do! We'll, <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Not the baby of the back